Chomp Nation, and welcome to another episode of the Chompcast. The Chompcast is the official podcast of Sword Chomp, and a podcast where if you listen long enough, you will get lost in tunnels with thousands of monsters. You will have a few weapons to protect you, but you continue to die. You will gain points to level up, but it never feels like it's enough. Suddenly, you hear a voice saying, Coming up next on Impractical Jokers. And you're suddenly confused where you're at as you're watching four best friends prank each other. Oh, wait, that was my past few days. Regardless, we are so happy that you are here and ready to listen to some discussion about video games. We have a lot on the docket as we are going to be discussing games that pass the Bechdel test. And we ask ourselves, is that important? Why or why not? We are also going to be discussing some games, of course, as we discuss Psychonauts 2, 12 Minutes, Tales of Arise Demo, A Plague Tale Innocence, Super Mario World, A Link to the Past, and so much more. We have some Patreon shoutouts to get to this week, as we have to show thanks to the wonderful people who help us make this show. They make it possible, so you get to hear all about them. But more on that. We will also be discussing the social media polls this week. And some of those entailed A Link to the Past being the best Zelda game. Has this generation of consoles been disappointing so far? Super Mario World 2? Are celebrities who game endearing? The new Spider-Man trailer? And the Cowboy Bebop TV show? We have a ton to get to today. So let's not wait any longer. But you're going to, actually. I lied. I lied. Because I actually have to introduce you to the crew who will be joining me today. Um, It's a little bare bones, but it's important that we get to that. First, let me introduce the editor. He hates a David Cage experience. But if it's a kinky night and you have a sex cage, you too can have a special night with this man. Subbing all the way as he calls in from New York, we have Rich Meister. How are you doing this week, buddy? Not too bad, man. What's a David Cage experience? Is that just like you're I... you're locked in a room and a white man yells, "Do you get it? Do you get it?" <laughs> it's a Something metaphor. Like yeah, well, I mean, the David Cage metaphors or David Cage style metaphors worked on me when I was much younger. Kind of in the same way that the Chuck Palahniuk metaphors worked on me when I was yeah, younger. It's, it's for 16-year-olds. I I I would say, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't equate it to age. I would equate it more to experience. But I, I, I get your point that like they're kind of synonymous. It's for people oftentimes. who just walked out of their first sociology class. There you go. There you go. That's probably more close to being accurate. But yeah, I, I was trying to figure out a way to like introduce you and make it relatable to what we're going to be talking about this week. Yeah. And even though twelve minutes wasn't a David cage experience i realized this week that um some of your opinions which we'll get into a little bit later are because it's a david cage like experience and i was like and that was partially because i was reading other reviews and what other people had to say on the game and the discourse around that and i was like that makes a lot of sense why rich doesn't like this game i um it's funny because today we're gonna get to talk about the two games i played one that will probably be on my game of the year list and one that inspired me to make that's inspiring me to make my worst games of the year list. 
<laughs> well, you know what? Inspiration call comes from all forms, and I'm glad you're able to get some uh inspiration this I, week i guess I, I encourage anyone to uh ray had actually messaged me about this and it's worth a watch um ben yati croshaw did his review of 12 minutes and my favorite bit of it is he never addresses the ending he just dances around it he, he's like let's say that at the end you find out the protagonist fucks dogs how's that gonna sit with you <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's something that it, it's going to be a fun discussion because I think we'll save it for like them. part part of it we're on the exact same page and then other parts we are not. So I think it's going to be a fun and interesting discussion. Um, in general, I think this week's going to be fun. But I mean, how are things outside of gaming this week for you? Um, not too bad. I don't not not a terrible amount of shit going on this week. Um, I as I just told you, I have been kind of enveloped in Psychonauts too. Um, to the point that that came out, came, came out like three days ago, um, and I should have a review up. It, if you're listening to this, it, it's already up. Um, I beat that game like 20 minutes before we started doing this podcast. Uh, Riding the waves. Gamescom Riding is happening, high. so like, as far as shit that's been going on for me extracurricularly, it's been a very games-heavy week, if I'm that's being fair. honest. That's fair, man. I mean, it's not like you could go out and do much anyways. I mean... You can, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, I, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here, man. And I am the swiper who played a surprising amount of video games recently. Um, all praise be to me. All of them I'm, for the TurboGrafx-16. As as I should, and the Sega Game Gear. I'm calling in from Japan. My name is Shay Layton. I'm going to be the host. Josh is not going to be with us the next few weeks. He's in the process of moving him and his family across the united states so um you're just going to be hearing from us this week us too uh we don't have any guests and um yeah i i was gone last week i i had covid unfortunately it was to be honest with you i won't i won't sit here and like tell everyone oh you should get vaccinated or wear masks i mean you've heard that enough but here's what i will say i'll do it if you want. i wanted to talk about this just like very briefly it was one of the worst experiences of my life for everybody. It's different. Everybody has a different immune system. They have, um, their, their biology is different. Their, um, physiology is different. Everything is different for, from person to person for me. Um, it was one of the worst experiences of my life. Um, just very brief details. And he like played 12 every... minutes. <laughs> and I, yeah, exactly. No, I pretty much had every symptom you could think of outside of vomiting, like anything you can think of for for this for this uh, virus. I pretty much had, and like the first day, I couldn't sleep at all because my body, like I had the worst headache I've ever had in my life. I had the worst body aches I've ever had in my life. I had the highest fever I've ever had in my life. Um, I the only reason why I didn't go to the hospital is because my br- breathing wasn't that severe i i was having trouble breathing for a few days but it wasn't severe thankfully and i i'm gonna tell you right now getting getting covid in a foreign country where you don't have a full grasp of the foreign language is a very scary experience and i'm super thankful i had um a select few people in my life that were helping me out and taking care of me and checking on me and setting things up to where um, I could be taken care of because I would not have 
fared well if I did not have those amazing people in my life. Like I had people sending me food, dropping things off to me, um, contacting uh, the like the healthcare centers here and stuff. Yeah, it was just I I had a good support system, so I'm really thankful for that. But um, yeah, COVID. Bad. Not recommend getting it. I would not recommend. It's not fun at all. Um, for those of you that had mild, much more mild symptoms, happy for you. That was not the case for me. Uh, for those of you who had more severe symptoms, like I did, uh, know what I'm talking about, and I'll leave it at that. Um, but the but the fortunate thing of getting COVID, I guess. Uh, in my two weeks of brain fog where I was trying to remember what I've done the past two weeks, I played a lot of video games and I watched a lot of TV. And I mean a lot of TV. Like I watched Mythic Quest, uh, both seasons. I watched Ted Lasso. Uh, I watched Suicide Squad. I watched Black Widow. I've been watching, I watched The Office seasons four through seven. I got caught up or I, I've been watching Impractical Jokers just as a side while I'm doing other stuff. I've been just watching so much TV and getting caught up on a lot of stuff. And I had a lot of time for video games this week. So it's going to be fun to talk about some of these games that I had never gotten around to that I've always wanted to. But um, enough about that. Let's get into the topic of this week. So the topic that we are doing this week has to do with the Bechdel test. And this is a test I heard about a few years ago from a friend. Uh, my, my friend's name is Layla. Uh, she's a good friend here in Japan. And we were talking a little bit about video games and stories. And she had mentioned the Bechdel test. And I said, I have no idea what that is. What is that? And she, she sat down and explained there, there are these three rules that govern or define the Bechdel test. And the Bechdel test comes from this comic strip in the eighties, um, this very famous comic strip. And uh, that one, I want to make sure I get the name right on that. Allison Bechdel. I, I I knew her last name was Bechdel, but her first name is Allison. And it was looking at gender inequality. Now, there are these three rules that govern the Bechdel test. There needs to be at least two female characters in the story. They need to, rule number two, they need to speak to each other. And rule number three, they need to speak to each other about something other than a male love interest. Um. If if one of those three rules is broken, then it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Pretty simple, right? Um, so this week, and we've been wanting to talk about it for a while now, I wanted to look at games that don't or do pass this test and say, is this important? Why is this important? Is this important for modern day? Um, and what games actually pass this Bechdel test? So... What I think um, we're going to do first is we're going to start with games that do pass. Actually, no, let's do it the other way around. Let's talk about is the Bechdel test important? Why or why not? Now, we're looking at it as two cis hetero white men, obviously. So we're going to be on the outside looking in. Um, and this isn't to say that, like, disregard whatever we have to say because i think i think you can still have opinions about things while also being nuanced and being understanding of you not you not being directly affected by something right that i think that there's still some level of value in that opinion so i'm just mentioning that just for full posterity that you know we are on the outside looking in but we also want to be able to create that dialogue 
to have these kind of discussions so we can ourselves internalize this. We can look at this from different perspectives and we can continue to open our minds about these kind of concepts. And hopefully by you listening, you also become at least more aware of the concept. You don't have to necessarily adopt or come to a conclusion by this discussion. Just understand it, listen to it, possibly think about it in your own life and leave it at that. You you don't have to do anything with this. You could just say, oh, okay, that was a fun, interesting conversation. And that could be the end of it. That's fine. Or, you know, I, my, my ultimate hope is that there are a select few people out there who don't know anything about this, who go to do research. Like I did when my friend Layla first mentioned it to me and learn more. That's, that's the optimism in me though. So let's break, let's that. first start with, <laughs> so let's first start with is the Bechdel test important for video games in the modern era? Why or why not? Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you, Rich, uh, because you're the only other person here with me. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Is this test important and why or why not? Uh, I mean, I think it is important in terms of uh, having like a, bar- a barometer to try and measure um, this sort of like bridging that equality gap in terms of, like, male and female representation in games. I do think when it comes to games, I feel like the rules are almost too lax. I I think it works easier in films, where stories are more contained and linear. But a lot of the time when I think about games, it almost seems more impressive for a game to fail it. Because their narratives in games... can be so much deeper and there's so much more opportunity for conversation and nuance um just in the sense that i feel like games should almost be held to a higher standard than the bechtel test um i i don't know what that would be i don't have any real offerings for how you improve upon that but on on surface level that's the more i thought about it that was kind of where i landed yeah i you know, at first when I was thinking about this topic, I thought, you know, yeah, this this is important. It is important for, you know, video games to pass the Bechdel test. We need more representation. But as I've been thinking about it the past few days, I realized that I think in terms of video games, the Bechdel test is kind of limited. I I realized that because games are so vast now and there's there's so much content in a video game that and we're going to be discussing some of these in more detail later um trying to go from the general to the specific here that to limit it to like that's the only way a game can be inclusive well not that's not what the Bechdel test is obviously saying it's wanting to work work towards more gender equality and equity which i think is obviously very important um, I think that representation should be there, ob- obviously and absolutely. I also think that there are so many other groups now that need to be looked at that the Bechdel test can't be the only one, if that makes sense. And I think that's this is where we're kind of on the same page here, is that, yeah, it's absolutely important and it's a good stepping stone. But then you think about all the other things that games need to be conscientious of, which is... Um, racial equality and um women to women is isn't the only representation there you have all sorts of people in the lgbtq um spectrum you yeah. know that everybody in the queer community you have 
Um, and this one I think would be a little bit more debatable, and I think it would be depend on where it's applicable, but something like uh, religious or, you know, let's not re- say religious, but spiritual equality. Um, I think that's something that could be discussed as well, but that's that's a conversation entirely unto itself. I think there's a lot more um, opportunity for representation and equity amongst all different communities and races and what have you that to say the Bechdel test, oh, we got this in our game. That's good. I don't think that would be the right move. And I think people who are cognizant of this Bechdel test are already going to be doing more than just the Bechdel test. But I think where the thing that comes into play for you and me is by saying like, if there's a gamer or a game developer out there who says, ah, I passed the Bechdel test. That's good enough for me. Uh, I think you got to go deeper than that. I also think, and this this could be, I could be wrong, but I this has always been my feeling on the Bechdel test. In my head, the Bechdel test is less of a thing to strive for, like, I must pass this thing, and more like a tool to show you how many works exist, be it films, books, games, where... Female representation is so limited, and even when two fe- female characters are together interacting, it's just, like, them talking about guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I think you're right there. And I I, I also think about another aspect of the Bechdel test, too. Uh, I was I was reading about Bechdel tests and, like, things that pass it or fail it. And what's kind of funny is that that still, even the Bechdel test isn't, you know, foolproof. For example, Fool Sir Mix a Lot's "Baby Got Back" that song. I mean, it's kind of weird to apply the Bechdel test to a song, but you think about it that way. There are two women talking about some other girl's butt and how big it is. Technically, that passes the Bechdel test. And it's is that such a like compelling a, narrative? A f- that song too. <laughs> right? Is that is that any deeper meaning for women? You know, or is it kind of like a quote unquote? vapid conversation and that maybe that's looking a little too much into it i guess but and this is a good chance for us to that... bring sir mix a lot in because we have him here today um to talk about this <laughs> sir mix a lot come on in how you doing buddy when josh told us he couldn't be here we're like it's cool man we got sir mix a lot on this week we had to get some we had to get somebody in <laughs> to here. fill the seat but <laughs> he we know how he likes seats because um, that's where butts go that's right but yeah, I, I think that the, the Bechdel test is is good to kind of look at and look at the state of the um sorry, I'm forgetting words. I, I still have a little bit of brain frog. Landscape? Brain fog. You could be looking from, thank you. Yeah, I still have a little brain fog from COVID, so if there are any like mental breakdowns, help me out, Rich. But yes, I look at the various landscapes, the media landscapes, and to say you know, there isn't enough average representation here. And honestly, I think the Bechtel test is important for modern day society. Because I think a lot of people look at it like, well, we need to move past that. And like, we need to move forward as a, as a society and as a culture. Well, absolutely. But you can take that Bechtel test and you apply it, apply it to nineties games. You look at the Sega Genesis and um, SNES era, you look at the PS one and N64 era and you say, it was a lot more prevalent in those games that there were female 
characters in those games, but they were not passing the Bechdel test, or that game wasn't passing the Bechdel test. You can look at something like uh, Crash Bandicoot, uh, the very first game where they have um, the female character, uh, Tana, Tana is Crash Bandicoot is chasing after. And that's the only uh, female character that I can remember in that game. And yeah, I, yeah, so. I mean, like all... even the sequels, I mean, they just replace her with Coco, who is a better character overall. Yeah. And it, it is, it isn't until crash four. It's about time that you start seeing multiple female characters interact with each other, talking about things other than a male love interest. So I think the Bechdel test is important because it shows us the progress that gaming has made and it's easy to get frustrated with with gaming because there are unfortunate unfortunate missteps and errors that happen as we're continuing to get better as a society and i mean that stuff kind of steps in a cancel culture which we don't want to necessarily talk about here but it's it's i think it's a good barometer to say hey we've made a lot of progress in these past 20 years that's awesome and that's a great thing, and that should be praised. And we shouldn't always focus on the negative of like, oh, this one game didn't do this. Yes, that's true. And I'm not saying to completely ignore that. I'm saying just to also remember, hey, we have come so far in 20 years. Let's celebrate the positives as well as look at the negatives and see how we can do better. Sure. You know? Um. So I, I mean, yeah, I do. I do think it's important. I just think it's important. The Bechdel test is important in how it's applied. You know, if you're looking at games and saying, "Oh, well, you don't pass the Bechdel test," well, or you're saying, "Well, yeah, it's fine. It does pass the Bechdel test." Well, that's not the only barometer you should use. And it's, a game may pass the Bechdel test, but is it of a representation of equity and equality? Maybe or maybe not. Maybe a game that doesn't pass the Bechdel test excels in equity and equality in other areas yeah i don't think anything should live or die by this there's there's too much nuance in how stories are told and framed and to to have anything really live or die by this yeah absolutely absolutely but um yeah let's talk about games that do pass the bechdel test and is that important necessarily or not and i um I was looking up some games that do pass the Bechdel test. I was trying to think about games that I I have recently liked that pass the Bechdel test. I was trying to think about it from multiple angles. I posted some pictures on Instagram that some of our fans commented on, which um, we'll get into those comments here shortly. But some of the big ones uh, are obviously very easy to discuss, like open world games, like any of the recent Bethesda games, Skyrim, Fallout, those definitely pass the Bechdel test you have female characters who don't just talk about male love interests or you have um mass effect you know those big open world rpg style games those pass um the Bechdel test and i think those games are so important not necessarily because of the Bechdel test but because of inclusion and representation i think that's why so many people still cling to those games 10 years now later i mean you think about the very first mass effect that came out in 2007 you think about skyrim which is 
coming up on its 10-year anniversary here very soon. You look at the Fallout games, and people still cling to those games and love those games. And I think a part of it is because of cl- inclusion and representation. Yeah, that's that. Um, I, I was literally doing some research on this and just looking at like people talking about different games that passed the Bechdel test. Um, and Mass Effect, every Mass Effect game is always cited as like this weird... It's they talk about how the Asari race was almost created to break the Bechdel test. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's kind of fascinating to um like consider some of that stuff. And then you look at what's a, a the one game that I just recently played, A Plague Tale Innocence. That game definitely passes the Bechdel test. Yes. And um it's it's really cool because then you start you start to see these different characters represented and they there are more compelling, interesting stories being told. And I I I very much appreciate that. I mean on even as an outside looking in, getting stories that don't center or revolve around love interests, you know. Um I'm not gonna criticize any games here that don't pass the Bechdel no, test. Please do. Uh, <laughs> I mean we could, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I have one that comes to mind, but then it kind of seems vindictive that I bring it up, so I'm not going to bring it up. I'm sure you can uh, figure that out, but uh, you, you I mean, got me. Last of Us Two. It doesn't. Um, I I mean, like, uh, there's gray area there, but I I uh, imagine it probably does. Abby, Abby and or not Abby, Ellie, Dina and Jesse, I believe. And Dina and Ellie end up talking about Jesse, who was a love interest of Dina. But I thought it technically don't doesn't it technically pass as long as they also talk about something that's not just that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of where the gray area is with video games too, because that that game is partitioned off into different acts, and there are parts where clearly they're not talking about that, and it has nothing to do with that, and it's not even a main. Yeah, part of the story in the other acts, but in the first act, it is a very big part of the story beat, right? Yeah, that's fair. And you you also have Abby and that other guy, um, I can't remember his name, who has a pregnant girlfriend, and they talk and like those two talk about the re- that that relationship, that love triangle. That that's just for example, but I mean, I think that's actually to our point that. In some ways, even though that game doesn't technically pass the Bechdel test at certain po- points in the game, it's that game still does a lot for, I believe, uh, inclusion and representation. Is it good good representation, good inclusion? That's not for Rich and I to determine because we are on the outside looking in. Um, I, you know, yeah. But that we're not here to break down every every game either. So I, I want to make sure I don't That's descend next into week. that. <laughs> that's next but like you can even look at indie games uh it can fell it was a a really big one which uh our good buddy tawny had made the comments on i wanted to put that but i didn't in our um instagram post but i didn't want to talk about it more because i've talked about that game so much in the past year that i'm sure people are like yeah we get it you like it can fell move the fuck game. on but um i mean there there are a lot of indie developers who are being very aware of things like inclusion and representation. And um, I'm not saying that they're necessarily like, oh, does our game pass the Bechdel test? You know, they're not necessarily looking at it, at it at that way, but they're looking at 
inclusion in all forms. And I think that's why the indie market is really f- thriving right now as well as you have all these type of games that are conscientious of those kind of subjects. Yeah. And there's, there's, like I said, it, it's part of the reason like this test can is is a good barometer in certain situations, but not an end all be all. Is there, there's such nuance to the way you tell a story now, and the types of stories that you were telling, and games can also can tell stories so differently than a book or a movie, um, that it's hard to pigeonhole it in that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to to go back to that kind of previous discussion with the last of us, you could also look at something like. Red Dead Redemption 2, which is such a massive game. Um, and, of course, you have women in there talking to, to other women about male love interests. But then you, there's there's a lot bigger game in there, and you have female characters who do talk to each other about things other than love interest. Does that mean it passes or fails the Bechdel test? And that's why it's really hard to sometimes apply this test in a case-by-case basis, and that's where it makes it kind of foggy and murky, and that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. You can have a very big, massive, vast game, and parts of it, or acts in the game, so to speak, don't pass. Mm -hmm. But then other parts of the game do pass, and it all depends on what kind of story they're trying to tell. You know, there, there can be a game that tries to encompass one greater theme or two or three greater themes and have smaller themes within that, something like a Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, something like a Fallout or an Elder Scrolls game. And to to say, well, it fails the Bechdel test, not good enough for inclusion. Well, I mean, it has these micro themes kind of laced in with these bigger themes that you completely refute at that point. Sure. By not understanding that, games are so big you know and that's where i think in part what you and i are saying where the bechdel test kind of fails in terms of gaming because it isn't a one and a half to two hour long experience it's a 20 40 80 40 to 200 hour experience yeah yeah it's it's hard to look at that you know i mean i mean i'm sure there are even characters in persona and i i haven't played persona enough to oh every every persona for sure I I would say most personas definitely pass the Bechdel test in terms of like the yeah. the way I'm looking at it is as long as they're having conversations pretty regularly I would say the female characters probably have more conversations that are not about boys than they do. Like I'm not saying those conversations about girls talking about guys don't happen, but there's definitely more real conversations happening in those games. Right. I th- I think the bigger indicator there is whether an overwhelming of the majority of the conversations between two female characters in a video game. The bulk game, of what they have to say to each other is about guys, yeah. Yeah, if if that's the case, then sure, it's not going to pass the Bechdel test. But to be honest with you, like when I think about something like The Last of Us 2, the first few things I think about have nothing to do with that relationship between Dina and Jesse or that love triangle between Abby and... <laughs> those other two characters what's funny is for like um, any shit i would give the last of us two like i didn't even have to like rag my brain on it like i wasn't trying to even think of a specific example when i think if it passes the bechdel test my brain immediately goes well I'm, it probably does i, w- I would assume it does I, it, it would yeah. seem more difficult for it not to right exactly you know and that's that's where kind of like the the nuance of this test there there isn't enough nuance in this test so i think the the point of like having this conversation about these games is to to kind of show that like 
to try and apply this to a case-by-case basis, I think in terms of video game is extremely flawed. It's it's a difficult but, thing, yeah. It's it's not a one-size-fits-all issue. No, but it, can you take the general idea and theme of the Bechdel test and look at gaming in the past year, in the past generation, in the past decade, in the past, you know, history of it and kind of look at trends? Absolutely. And I think that's the most important part of the Bechdel test in gaming is you look at trends with it and you look at what it's influenced sure, and how it's influenced the society from there. So, I mean, I, other than that, I, I just want to read some listener comments. I don't know if you have any other major prevailing thoughts that you wanted to mention, Rich. I think we got the big ones out of the way. Let's, let's, let's see what other people had to say about this topic. Yeah, absolutely. Hyper chicken 3000, lovely name said control. Absolutely. That was one of the ones I, I thought of immediately, too. I think that's a good example. Control, man, it's such an underrated Control's game. really good, you guys. Gotta play it. Gotta play it. I mean, slight controversy about the way the the new version is being released on the new, new gen of consoles and whatnot. What I do you mean? I own it for free. It was a great deal. <laughs> I know some people have to pay a little extra. and uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. Don't care. I own it for free. It this was a great deal. <laughs> good uh, dog rules 23 said skyrim passes because you can play as a female character and i mean that's kind of kind of the loophole there of that bechdel test with a lot of uh, open world games right tawny s said this is an obligatory ickenfeld plug stop what you are doing with your life and play that game which like i said i didn't want to mention that game because i've mentioned it so many times in the past uh, 10 months since its initial release. But yes, that game is, I think, one of the top-of-the-line experiences in terms of inclusion and equity and representation. And fun! I think that game is just amazing. And that's not, like, that's on top of all the other reasons why that, that it just, game is That the gameplay is really good, too. Like, top of all of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Black Lotus uh, said... At Bechdelcast would love to get in on this. So I didn't actually know this. There's a podcast dedicated to looking at um, popular media, mainly movies, and looking and examining the Bechdel test. So if this kind of interests you more, um, at Bechdel test on Instagram is a podcast that talks all about this. And um, That sounds really interesting, actually. I'll probably check that out myself. Yeah, same. Uh, tell them we sent you if you're interested. So... Um, one question Endless Cola had said, so what happens if there's only one character total? Something like Crash Bandicoot that only has the original Crash Bandicoot that has Tana as a female character. You look at, um, Crash 2 that only had Coco and you basically say, well, it doesn't technically pass the Bechdel test at that point. Um, because it doesn't have two female characters. Can't believe Qbert doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Damn it. I know, right? What a bummer. Sector 7 item shop, our good friend Leslie, love you Leslie, said, can the Bechdel test be applied to gaming? Yes. You know when you mentioned this in passing during the recording with you guys a couple weeks ago and started talking about how women were raised in a society that valued them only if they were basically paired up, it really, really had my interest. I talk about the impact that idea has had on women of our generation a lot, and it's infuriating. Granted, that's only one facet of it. 
but the impacts go further than the female psyche, honestly. So there's a lot I could say, but I can't wait to hear the discussion on this. And I was, I was reserving some of my thoughts on this test for when we got to this particular comment, because uh, a few weeks ago, Sector 7 had come on the, on the ep- episode. Um, she graced us with her presence at, at the last Turns moment. Turns out we should have saved it for this and, one. Yeah, yeah, we should have had her on this one, too. That was my fault for not setting that up. Um, But I had mentioned it to her that that's a topic we wanted to do here in the coming weeks. And she didn't really know too much about the Bechdel test. And I think that one of the things that's really important, and obviously people are going to disagree. I know there are people out there who have different viewpoints. So, I mean, if you think I'm preaching, that's unfortunate for you. But... I, I I look at this test because I look at a lot of how our society has really changed over the past 10 to 20 years. I often think about my own behavior, the way I talked, the way I legitimately thought about things. And I try to look at, well, some of that is, you know, self-inflicted, like what the type of media I absorb, the type uh, of situations I kind of put myself in. But then I also look at kind of the whole societal and social aspect of it. What is being passed socially between my peers? What is being passed along in the media? And we, we absolutely have to be critical of those things because that's what's influencing us older generations and younger generations, it, it has an influence. And there are some people out there who are like, I mean, only pussies get influenced by the ideas of others. And yeah, sure. Whatever. I mean, that's your thoughts, whatever. But well, no, those aren't their thoughts. The, the those tr- are thoughts that have been pushed on them. They've just proven their own, the point they were trying to disprove. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, I don't want to be super, you know, preachy here, but you you look at that and you evaluate that and it's 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 clear as day to see that 20 years ago women i think were much more oppressed than they are now not that they're not now uh and women aren't the things only are, ones things are better but they're certainly not equal no and i mean i think that's fair to say in western culture it's getting better i mean like i was telling sector 7 about some things here in japan that uh are you know fairly appalling like a few years ago there's a uh, a court case talking about um trying to push back against women having to wear high heels in in a business setting like it's a it's a it's a rule here that women have to wear high heels to work in an office because they have to look presentable and Presentable is with massive quotation marks. And there there was a, a um, committee that was trying to push back against it and say, like, we need to get rid of this. It's 20, what was it, 2019, I believe, at the time. Like, th- that is an antiquated thought process. We need to do away with that. And, Rich, what do you think happened? Uh, probably not a whole lot. It was upheld. So, basically, heels are still required. <laughs> in an office and business setting for women that's that's pretty insane honestly yes exactly and it's you look at that and you're like well fuck how are we making progress and progress is honestly made in other other areas um in other aspects of the world and japan obviously there are certain countries that need to make a lot more progress than others but 
we are constantly striving to make progress to make this world more equitable for as many people as possible, and hopefully everyone at some point. So it's really easy to focus on those negatives, but we, we have to be able, like Sector 7 is saying here, we have to be able to reflect on those aspects of society so we can learn and push forward. We don't want to stay stagnant because that 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 never does anything. I mean, if you stayed stagnant in your life in other things, I mean, you can attest to the fact that you don't grow as an individual at all. I mean, you become more and more closed-minded. And I won't accept any new ideas. A, I'm dug in, yeah. and uh, I, I refuse to change my opinions regardless of the facts that are presented before me. Well, I mean, like, I, I've heard so many people in recent years complain about Hollywood has ran out of ideas. Well, I mean, when you when you get closed-minded and you pigeonhole things into certain categories and you don't try and analyze and look beyond, then yes, that's what happens. And I think that needs... And I think that's the kind of interesting conversations that something like the Bechdel test creates sure. within us, within our culture, within our community. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this topic. Um, but yeah, we could get so much more into that, but I, obviously we don't want to get kind of lost in the weeds here. I think that it's, it's good to open up this conversation and then allow other people to have it with their friends and family and people that they, people that they know, run into on the subway. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you, did you hear about Bechdel test? Um, I do that all the time in Japan. We all do. Uh, Shit Ain't Real said, like every game besides Call of Duty, which even has a lot of women now, for some examples, Gears 5, Dishonored 2, Dishonored Death of the Outsider, any Tomb Raider, any of the Batman games, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, so on and so on. And I I get his point that a lot of games, um, and that was kind of what we were talking about earlier, that a lot of games now, I think, are more cognizant of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I also think that we also... <laughs> That's a lot of also. I also think we have to look at, you know, the over overall aspect of that game. Yes, it may have two female characters. Yes, they may talk to each other. Yes, they may talk to each other about things other than a male love interest. Is that the majority of the game? Right? Yeah. Um Is that the majority of the conversation? And that's and rarely the case. I, not 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 to say there are not examples where it is. Uh, but in, in most of those examples, that, that's rarely the case. Right, right. I think it's just, it's important to ha- like have that kind of, that eye on things to make sure we don't get complacent. Totally, totally. Shit ain't real wasn't wrong. No, um, I, was, I, I, him and I were kind of ha- point is having taken. a, yeah, yeah, yeah. A slight, him and I were having a slightly heated discussion about that. Um, he's not wrong. I just think that to just say that, like, Every game does it now. I, I think that's wrong. And I, I think that, I mean, that isn't enough nuance, you know? Like, we, we need to be there. For me, well, there I, needs to be more nuance. I, I think what and we're I think as, both trying to say here is, like, uh, for like a, an overwhelming majority of games at this point, that's probably true. But that's not really the point of the discussion we're having here. Right. There you go. Thank you. The last comment, <laughs> this one made me laugh. Some guy called Rye13 said, or just watch movies, play games you enjoy instead. And I didn't really understand the point of that comment because there are a lot of games and a lot of movies that I enjoy that do pass the Bechdel tests. I didn't really, mm. I didn't really get if it, 
if it was just someone trying to be subversive and i think a lot of people see when we put stuff like this out there and they just think that's us saying like i'm not gonna play anything that doesn't pass this and it's like well that's not really the point of the discussion we're trying to have here uh (laughs) right exactly exactly no i'm not saying that like don't play games because they don't pass the Bechdel test. No, fuck it. I like am that. saying that. <laughs> I mean, that's your prerogative. That's not mine. I'm not telling people what to do and not to do here. I'm that's just what saying... I'm here for. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm just saying, like, look, like, think about that concept and just do some more research on it. That's yeah. If you're interested, if you're not, that's fine too. That's fine. Except then this conversation it's not. had this conversation had no bearing. <laughs> for you on what just happened but i i don't know i think there's a lot of a lot of interesting conversation here and i think it's it's a fun conversation like i said i wish i would have got some like a someone with a female perspective on here um as a guest i think that that was in part a failing on my on my behalf but um, you've also been very sick, that doesn't so. mean that we can't have this conversation again in the future with a more diversified group of people here to discuss it i mean we can always revisit this conversation in the future and i very much would like to um you know this week has been spent me recovering and um you know i i didn't mention it to the other guys hey can you guys try and get a a guest on the show so it just wasn't in in my honestly in my frame of mind or i i wasn't in the right frame of mind to be thinking about a lot of this stuff except the last two days and I didn't think about a guest. So. No more excuses. I'll do better in the future, and we'll revisit this conversation again, and I think it'll be equally as interesting because we'll get even more perspectives. So, um, But, yeah, that's the Bechdel test in a nutshell. So cool. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to um, recharge, grab some water. I'm going to cough my lungs out for a few minutes, and then we will come right back with some games. So don't go anywhere. Have you been playing video games for so long that you haven't met a lucky lover yet? Has your significant other been displeased with your sexual performance because you are more focused on a raid rather than thinking about their body? Are you tired of not bringing gaming into the bedroom? Well, fear no longer. Introducing Poppin', the first gaming boner pills. Pop one of these bad boys into your mouth and rise to the occasion. Shaped like your favorite gaming characters, such as Sonic, Gotta go fast. Kirby, who we all know is good at swallowing. Pikachu, who will shock your lightning rod into gear. And many more iconic characters. We here at Sword Chomp know the struggles that can happen in the bedroom. I, Rich Meister, was one of those people. Whenever I bring a decently attractive person home, well, at least they looked attractive when I was drunk. I couldn't stay hard. I kept thinking, One more run to level up, just one more. Games were pulling me from my sexual experiences, but no longer. We created these pills to help the average gamer get it up and stay where the action is. Now you can order yours at swordchomp.com slash store, and you too can see if you can beat your high score in the bedroom. Side effects may include perineum numbness, amnesia, daddy issues, overwhelming desire to mansplain, ear fingers, disappearing urine, and more. Sorshawn cannot be held liable if a customer has medical problems while taking Poppin'. Please consult a physician before taking Poppin' or don't because we're not your mother. If you have a boner for more than four hours after using Poppin', just keep having sex until it goes away.
Hello, everyone. It's me, Gollum, here to tell you about the new Champion After Dark episodes. Shane Witch recorded a three-part series about me, Gollum, and the One Ring. Yes, we talked about the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. And give me the one ring, my precious. And we are back in the house. Okay, really. <laughs> and we are back. Put your fucking From our hands break. up. Uh, to... <laughs> Put your hands up. We're back from our break, and we're going to be talking about some video games. Uh, hopefully, you're as hyped as we are. Apparently, I didn't realize we we're so hyped for Get video hype. game talk, but. Actually, for me, it's been two weeks, and I have a lot to talk about. But first, Rich is going to regale you and me and everyone tales about Psychonauts 2. He's been playing that. As he told you, he finished right before this episode. He has a lot to say. I do. Um, I fucking adore Psychonauts. I always have. Um, I was excited that the sequel is finally here, but also sort of ready to be disappointed, as games will teach you to do often. Um, it's been 16 years since the original Psychonauts came out, so I was kind of expecting this to probably end up being a little underwhelming. Uh, you can read at this point my review about it. Double Fine knocked it out of the fucking park. Um, everything feels like a, a drastic improvement. The platforming feels tighter than ever. It is an open world that is interesting, but not overwhelming. Uh, there's lots of interesting things to find. I think the new cast of characters is great, particularly, um, I'm sure a lot of people would be disappointed to hear a lot of, most of the campers from the original game are not present. Uh, there's a new cast, which are the Psychonauts interns. Um, Bolin, who is a lot of people's favorite character from the first Psychonauts, is gone, but Bolin's sister, uh, is one of the interns, and she's pretty great. Uh... It's one of those weird things where the humor's still really on point, like the same kind of humor you expected from the first game. Uh, they, they make a lot of references about how long it's been, because if you were unaware, this game literally picks up where Psychonauts 1 ended, or basically where, where the Rhombus of Ruin ended, which was a VR uh, standalone game that came out not too long ago, which takes place directly at the end of Psychonauts. They kind of sum up those events at this, the beginning of this, because I would imagine not a ton of people played that VR game. Um, but it's been like three days since the original Psychonauts ended, so they'll often be like making references of, you know, like, that's ah, been a long time, or, but no, nah, I guess it really hasn't. No, huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? there's, uh, there's a joke I really enjoyed where Coach Oleander is talking about how he's turned over a new leaf and he's not the monster he used to be. That He's like, that was a long time ago, Raz. And he's like, that was three days ago. Uh, <laughs> but the... <laughs> that's awesome. The... The world feels really fleshed out now, and um, Rasputin's family plays a much bigger role, so you get to really meet the entire uh, Aquato family circus. I, I don't really want to ruin it, because it goes to really interesting places. We finally get some answers on the stuff the first game set up, like the Aquato family curse, and how Raz is tied to all of that. 
Um, you get some answers about characters like Ford Cruller, who they really dive into more, and the founding of the Psychonauts. They deliver on all the promises that first game set up and all the dangling threads it left. Um, That's cool. I, I don't think the level design is... What I should say is it doesn't hit the highs that the first game hit, but it's more consistent throughout. Uh, there's not... Kind of as a result of that, there's not a like standout, like, this is the fucking level, and I feel like the first game had that. Um, but none of them feel weak. Every, everything feels really good. Hmm. That's cool. I I had a big question for you. So I actually never got around to playing the first Psychonauts. I know. It's on my queue. I plan to play it. Um, I will play it at some point. You know, I will make it around to that. But I, d- I never played the first one. Do you? Is it kind of requisite playing in order to play the second one? I or still is... think there's fun to be had um, because this does resolve a lot of the plot threads and it is a direct continuation. I don't think anyone should let that hold them back from playing it. I'm sure you can find a YouTube video that will like, sum up the plot of the first one for you or you can read the Wikipedia uh, I'd recommend you take that information in. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, because I think about something like Ori and the Will of the Wisps. That's a game that obviously was my favorite game of uh, last year. Is a game that I recommend that every single person in the world play uh, because I think it is that good. But I also realize it's a continuation of the first story. Yeah. Is it the first one requisite playing? No, I don't think so. I think that the second one stands enough on its own to be able to play without having played the first game. But obviously, not all sequels are going to work in that way. And I was very curious about it with this game. I don't feel like, and for a lot of people, the original Psychonauts probably feel somewhat dated at this point. I don't, but this is very much the part two of a story. Uh, I think anyone should read or watch a video or something to bring you up to speed. Because this series is so much about character moments and um watching these different characters interact uh like one of the more interesting plot threads about this is in the original game you meet ford cruller who is the founder of the psychonauts when you're at psychic summer camp and he's sort of described as like this broken man who went through some psychological trauma and his mind is shattered a big part of uh psychonauts 2 is about raz entering his mind and sort of helping him pull himself back together yeah that that's that's cool. I'm really glad that this game finally got the long-awaited sequel, and it's as good as people were hoping it was going to be. I think that's so cool. And the Jack Black track is um, straight fire, <laughs> and I I'm excited to hear that. That Jack is, Black track. if I had to pick a standout level, um, the Jack Black level is actually probably the one in this game. Jack Black track. That is a that is a saying. That needs to go forward in 2021. Yeah. That needs to be the 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 most quoted thing of the year. Yeah. Jack Black track. That was it. But just that's what all we're gonna say. Rolls off the top. But uh, on like the minutia of the gameplay, I'd say platforming feels better than ever. Um, we don't get a ton of like 3D collectathon platformers anymore, and I think this is a really good one that doesn't. There's a lot of game here, but I never felt like it was wasting my time. I've been up until like three in the morning the past two nights, despite having work playing this. And that doesn't happen to me very often anymore. I don't have that pull anymore for a ton of things, mm-hmm. but this this one did it for me. Um, there isn't uh, the combat feels kind of how I remember. 
it's not the best combat in the world, but it, it's never really getting in its own way. Um, there is a pin system they added where Raz can equip these pins uh, to sort of change how you play, like increase your overall melee damage or uh, add like flourishes to it that are more cosmetic. I don't really feel like that system is in, as in-depth as it should be if they were going to like rest anything on it. You can probably get through the whole game without really engaging with that if you wanted to. Okay. Okay. How long is the game, by the way? Um, I have not, I'm about to go back to collect everything. Uh, doing my best to try and clean up the levels as much as I could on my first go through each one of them, which you can't do. You can't get everything in every level on your first go. You need to come back with certain powers later on and all that. Um, I probably put at least 20 hours in. Okay. Uh, but like I said, okay. none of it felt so like time wasted. All of it was, I and I was poking and prodding at every corner of every level. Okay, so, I mean, it's probably closer to 14, 12 to 16 hours that, without doing every single that thing. That sounds about right. Yeah, I know that's a wide range right there, but, you know, obviously never having touched the game, I have to just base it off of um, what what I'm hearing here. So, that's cool. I'm glad it's kind of a shorter experience because that means that I can chip away at it fairly easily. I'm personally happy but about that. you won't want to put but... it down. Well, don't say that. My vacation ends here in a few days, so, um, yeah, don't say that because I have other thing. I have other responsibilities coming up. But I actually am really excited to play this game. Just hearing all of the positive uh, discussion regarding and people, it, so. uh, fans of the first game will be delighted to know. Although he only plays a very minor role in this game, Doctor Lobato is still here. The greatest. He, I don't know he, who is, that he is. was. Uh, he's. Uh, Amateur dentist and brain surgeon, and one of the the more important villains of the original Psychonauts. Okay, cool. That's pretty awesome. Well, there you go, Psychonauts too. Um, Rich loves it. I'm sure Josh, when he comes back, will have a lot to say about it as well. What terrible so. timing! I was so excited to talk to Josh about this, and I forgot he wasn't going to be here. I know. I'm sorry, dude. I wish I would have played it, but obviously, Josh has a lot more vested in this sequel yes. so i think it would have been a better conversation for you two to have but i'll get around to it here pretty soon and then we can have some discourse regarding it positive and possibly negative we'll see but there is a game we're about to have some positive and negative discourse about and that is 12 this minutes. game sucks uh, yeah, a lot of people have been saying that and it's been interesting because i've seen a lot of positive reviews on it and I've also seen a, a few negative reviews on it. And I, I think there's a disconnect between the reviews and then the average person um, who's played this game. Because I think I've heard from the circle of people I know a lot more overwhelming negative things. And uh, no, none has said anything more negative than the guy virtually sitting right next to me. So I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation to have. Did you guys talk about it last week? I haven't um, heard the I had most recent I not played episode, it yeah. yet at that point. Josh talked about uh, his like first 20 or 30 minutes with it. Um, he had not gotten okay. far enough to really sour on it in the way him and I both did. Okay. Okay. So just very briefly, um, this game was primarily developed by um, spacing his name right now. He was a former Rockstar employee. He, he left to uh, create his own 
studio and he decided to make this project it is published by annapurna and uh, it is a an adventure game where a puzzle adventure game where you are essentially locked in your it is a point and and click adventure game yeah yes thank you um where basically you have 12 minutes to figure out why somebody is coming to murder you and your wife in your apartment uh, there are clues hidden around the apartment. It be, it gets a lot more in-depth than that. And um, you go from there. It, like, you, you figure stuff out. Um, we'll try and keep this as spoiler-free as we can. We might delve a little bit into spoilers. This I is can a very say that tough this... game to talk about without talking about what happens. Because the thing that makes it suck the most is what happens. <laughs> Right, and I can confidently say that there isn't going to be enough interest here from anybody to do a Chomping After Dark. Oh, uh, I'd love to do a Chomping After Dark about this. I can't wait to talk about what a pile of shit it is. Well, I mean, like, that. well, now now there's no reason to listen to it, (laughs) because they're already going to know the results and everything. That's fine. No, um... (laughs) It's about the journey. Here's what I'll say. Here's here's what I'll say. From here on out, there might be some minor spoilers. If you don't want to hear... Um, or you don't want to be spoiled on this game, I will make sure to put time stamp, yeah. in the show notes uh, the times, and I will put in the show notes that this game does have spoilers. There will be spoiler talk in this one. And um, that way it gives us free reign to kind of talk about everything, because the story is, I think, where Rich and I are going to agree the most, and there's a lot of compelling discussion there. So we don't want to omit that from this episode so spoilers will be happening from here on out in this conversation i was gone so i couldn't talk about my initial impressions of this game i finished this game in one sitting i got Um, all three endings in a single sitting yeah i wanted to i wanted to know what was going on um in the story my initial impressions were like i was confused I was confused by the controls because, yes, it's very much a point-and-click adventure game, which I was surprised. That's not what I was expecting for for this game because I I don't, I don't know why. I, I just didn't I, I was not either um, because they were marketing it like it was this big prestige thing. And then I kind of sat down and after an hour, so I was like, this is just a point-and-click adventure game and not even a particularly good one. Exactly, yeah. I, I think the marketing... <laughs> I mean, it was a little bit, honestly, a little bit misleading. Um, I, I guess it never said it wasn't a point-and-click adventure game. The stuff it showed off didn't really show that it was a point-and-click adventure game. When I think about it retroactively, maybe I'm forgetting some they, trailer. They never showed any but... UI to suggest that. Yeah. So I, I do believe that the marketing was a little bit misleading there. Um, not a big deal at the end of the day. I mean, the the point-and-click thing i play point click adventure games i enjoy them so they're not they're not necessarily my favorite genre but it didn't really bother me that it was a point click adventure game it's just important to note that the the advertising was a little bit off i I love point and click adventure games i just if i could just talk real quick about it like i don't this doesn't even do that that well is is kind of my main problem with it it feels like it has the sensibilities of a really old point and click adventure game which is a lot of i'm just going to click on things and try and drag them into each other until I make something happen a lot of the time. I mean, that's true. I mean, that's true. I that's when you when you you start out basically in the hallway of your apartment and then you walk into your apartment and the game kind of takes off from there. 
and you are left to figure out what to do. You know, um, your first run through is basically you just talking to your wife, getting information, and then you hear an elevator ding, you hear a knock at your door, you hear a police officer say you're under arrest, and then depending on what you do from there is how how the uh, how the story. And if you're plays me, you're out. like, that's not a police officer, that's Willem Dafoe. I'm gonna go let the Green Goblin that's in. That's right, and you are um, from that point on is exactly what rich is describing is like you're grabbing things um or you're clicking on things and like combining things to try and figure it out and i i had fun with that honestly um i hadn't played a point click adventure game in quite some time i honestly had a lot of fun with that just because i was like i don't really know what to do here you know i was throwing shit in the toilet and flushing it down trying to flood the toilet i couldn't do that i was trying to um, like the second thing i did was just hide in the closet and call the police I tried calling the police in there like 15 minutes and I was like, how but can there's I only 12? the process? <laughs> That's right. I only have 12 minutes, you bitch. Uh, I was trying to figure out ways to expedite that process. And then I realized, well, this is a fruitless endeavor. And then I was trying to literally cut everything with the knife. Um, that was a fruitless endeavor. You know, you like, you try different things and I actually really liked that. Um, I had a lot of fun with that. It feels very old school in that way. And I enjoyed that. Um, it was very nostalgic for me. I understand that some people aren't going to like that. And I, it sounds like the average person that I've heard from does not like that, which the, is fine. That's fine. I enjoyed it. What what, what I can say, didn't. the reason I don't like that is because that level of like poking and prodding without reason is ha- a lot of adventure games did used to be like that. They were like very trial and error. But those games have gotten better and don't really play like that anymore. Like, there's more of a logic to them. And I did just feel like it it was obtuse as hell, and I was poking and prodding at every corner. And then every, like, three or so runs, I would do something that gave me a little more information. And yeah, that... It, it maybe feels less rewarding because of how small the scale of this is. Uh, like, there's, like, th- a total of three rooms in this game. Um, there's the bathroom, the kitchen, and the bedroom. It's like a kitchen slash and living the closet. room. Um, and there, there's only so... And the closet. Yeah, I mean, the, the closet is just a place I hide to watch my wife get murdered. Um, <laughs> there's only so much for you to, to poke at because of that, and it, and it can feel a little frustrating, like you're, you're not getting something at times. But eventually you, you get those steps, and you you move forward, and then... It just all doesn't feel worth it in the end. It, in fact, feels a little gross and weird. Um, you said you didn't have technical problems because I did want I want to talk a little bit about that. Well, yeah, well, hold on. Yeah, Before yeah. we jump up up to that, um, there's two things I have to say. Like where you didn't feel necessarily rewarded, I definitely felt rewarded when I would finally figure something out. Um, I understand. Again, this is like a difference of how people enjoy games. Um, you're you're right. It's it is obtuse. It is obtuse. But I enjoyed the feeling of when I figured out an obtuse puzzle. I don't know what that says about me. Um, I'm not trying to look too heavy into it. I just I I found that I enjoyed when I solved these things. Um, even if it's an obtuse puzzle, if somebody puts a puzzle in front of me and I'm able to figure it out, it makes me happy. If I'm able to progress, I I. It makes me feel some sense of accomplishment, even if it's a false sense of accomplishment. I feel accomplished when I 
am able to do that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to briefly mention before we we move on into your question, which I will answer here in a second, is I had this funny experience with the closet one time where she, you know, she, your wife comes up to you, she comes out of the bathroom, she's like, hi, honey, how you doing? She goes to give you a kiss. Now, at first, it's very romantic, and obviously, the, you as the main character are kind of into it, and that kind of progresses from there. But there was a moment where um, she she tried to do it, and I pushed her away, and she said, okay, rude. And then I went and hid in the closet, and I just watched her, and she she got mad at me for it. She's like, you're an asshole or something like that, because I just like – she. You learn later on that she has this evening kind of planned out, this special evening, because she has a special announcement. And she she wanted to engage you in discussion to kind of wean you into the surprise. And me just going to hide in the closet, she's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're an asshole. You know, like, it was just, it was really funny. It made me laugh. I was like, I'm just going to go hide in the closet after she tries to kiss me and not before, just to see kind of... Hide response. in the closet before she comes out of the bathroom so she doesn't know you're home, so she can't sell you out when Willem Dafoe shows up to do murders. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, that is that is a sequence of events for those things. But I was I was trying to just play around with the timing and stuff like that, and it just made me laugh really hard when she, like I couldn't imagine like that happening happening in real life. You know, like I I come I go to visit my girlfriend and. Uh, she's like, Hey, how you doing? And I push her away. She tries to kiss me and I just go hide in her closet or something. Just like the, the, the mental imagery there is. Yeah. That's not how people behave. It's very fucking weird. Yes. Yes. And that's part of what makes this game obtuse as well. But, uh, to answer your question, I had the game quit on me a few times too. In fact, uh, I would be in the middle of doing something and then the game would just like the, the game would screen would freeze or just go to black and then it just my it just shut the game off after like 10 seconds and it would take me to the xbox home screen and also because i'm honestly i still have a base xbox one that it sounded like it was a rocket ship ready to take off uh my 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 hardware is really starting to show at this point i um, don't unfortunately. think that is on the part fault of your hardware this is not some dazzling technical masterpiece it just sounds like it's poorly optimized that might be part of it too i don't know i don't it's not the first game that's done yeah that. but this this is um, not a taxing game um i was playing it on pc but like uh, the the breadth of my technical difficulties was like weird clipping through objects uh weird ai padding behaviors where like willem dafoe would go to open the door in the middle of his murder scene i'm like what are you doing that for man you're gonna get caught um I didn't have I had a those lot issues. of weird shit like that going on. Uh, and, and for me, it, it, it ends up falling. I'm like, as far as I'm concerned, this game is very small in what it encompasses. So like to not. To me, this, this should be polished, like beyond belief. There's not a whole. There's not some vast world to to bring up the snuff. And I don't know the size of this team, but it just felt like it's something that I, I kind of expected to ship with more polish. I, it, from my understanding, from what I read when I was doing my review, um, I could be wrong here. It's primarily one guy, and then he, you know, hired contractors in when he needed help with certain things. Uh, for example, like the music, he he um, had somebody else do the music, for example. But primarily, a lot of the design and whatnot, the tech stuff was handled by one person. Right. From my understanding, even still, it it it, it bogs down because it's this game is a sum of its parts and i don't think any one part is particularly good and some of them are egregiously bad 
in terms of tech like with what you've told me that makes sense uh other aspects i would disagree like for example one of one of my favorite aspects of this game is just the atmosphere of the game um i know a lot of people disagreed with me on this and that's fine but i think it does such a good job of building suspense and paying homage to its influences uh the when you very first start the game is pretty much the only time you go in the hallway and um the 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 carpeting and the the wallpaper that is used is actually from the shining Uh, it, it it was lifted from that and it's it's not not i shouldn't say lifted it was used to pay homage to the shining because obviously uh the creator was very much influenced by that and other you know good suspenseful psychological suspenseful uh stories in the medium i i really think it does a good job with the suspense every time i heard that elevator ding i was like oh fuck every single time even if i was in like the eighth run and i i had a lot more figured out that elevator ding still it, fucked with me it's every funny to time. hear you say that because i was like on the opposite end of the spectrum because like i'd hear the elevator ding and if i hadn't gotten done the things i felt like i needed to get done i'd be like ah fuck and i just walk out the front door to reset it because i didn't want to go through the fucking I, I mean, motions I did, again i did that a few times um towards the end when i was like almost finishing the the story but like toward like the first, you know, hour to hour and a half, two hours, um, I don't know the exact time. Every time I heard that elevator, I was like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, what do I do here? And I love that because the the sound design is really well done. Um, you know, I was paying attention to the way, like, if you have pills, and then this is a, a slight spoiler here. If you have the pills and you put it into one of the cups and then you pour the water in how it sounds like muffled and i think that there was enough care put in to the sound design and sound production to like get those things correct and that also added to the suspense of the game because you don't have a lot of music you have you know your wife's voice muffled in the other room as you're behind a closed door as you're doing things and you're just hearing these sounds um, as you're trying to figure this stuff out in the first few hours, knowing someone is coming to murder you at any given point in time. Now, you can, of course, check your... Uh, you can press pause and check the time, and that will obviously... Dep- it, it all depends on how you play. It can, it can dilute that suspense to some degree. I was just like going through trying to solve things and not really paying attention to time at first. Um, you do need to pay attention to time for one of the clues uh that's one hint i will give you there but i don't know i think the game did a really good job with atmosphere and suspense until obviously you start solving a lot more of the story and then it becomes less about the suspense and then it becomes more about the hackneyed story yeah which is i at first i was interested in the story very much and i I was, I was like middling on the story. I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I've seen something similar to this before and I've heard something similar to this before, but the more I reflected on it, uh, the more it kind of just sat very wrongly with me. I know that's not the right word, but it's gross and it's lazy and it's just played for shock value. I mean, it, 
Oh, that's all it I is. I don't know if I'd say lazy. I I, th- I I think lazy is the wrong word. I think more of like it's it's trying to be highbrow and it's trying to be profound. But it is the opposite it, in every it, respect. Yes. Um. I mean, should we should we say what it is at this point or? Uh. Again. If you don't, if you want to avoid spoilers, now is the time to hop off the train because we're gonna, we're just gonna discuss the whole story. Like I said, I have no interest in doing a chomping after dark on this. Um, it would be like a fifteen minute discussion. The, the I think the, the the most of the interesting conversation is really going to come from the story, so we're gonna spoil it here again. If you want to avoid it, um, do so oh. now. And I'll put it in yeah, the show notes. To give you guys a blanket, basically, after pulling all these clues together and figuring out who this man is and why he's coming to kill your wife, basically, you find out that your wife is convinced that, um, I'm, I'm sorry, this gentleman who is friends with your wife's father is convinced that he, she killed him eight years ago, um, and that it was all this dispute about an affair he had with uh, the nanny when she was a child. Um, well, it turns out that you're the one that killed her father because you are the bastard son of him and the nanny. Um, stepson, right? Well, no, you're his son. Uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Step, stepbrother. Yeah. Step, yeah, half-sister, yeah. Half-sister. It's, it's, you are half siblings and now you've impregnated your half sister because this game wants to be, Oh, isn't that shocking? But it's just a weird, gross, incestuous story. Yeah, yeah, but yes. Uh, you are. You end up be marrying your half your half sister, and um, the guy who's coming is a kind of a a mental manifestation of your father, or something along I those lines. I didn't even and... fucking fully like comprehend what they were doing there, because it it feels like weird and hackneyed and when you have those f- proper flashbacks and Willem Dafoe is also doing the voice of the father. And I'm like, is this guy even real? What is this? Yeah. So basically the guy who's coming to kill you and your wife is that's not real. Yeah. Like, th- like a lot of that's not real. And yeah, it's very, very confusing in a way that it doesn't need to be confusing. Like I said, it's trying to be profound and highbrow when it's not. And Basically, the end of the game is you and your father discussing what you're going to do about this situation. Because basically, he's like, you need to break this off with your fucking half-sister, bro, because this is illegal. It's incestuous and it's disgusting. And you have to kind of decide at the end of the game what you're going to do about your incestuous relationship and your father. And And you can decide to just disappear and say nothing, or you can decide to have it like all like mental suppression and have it... Be like, I'm not going to remember this, so, n- n- you know, like, n- no harm will come of it, because no one will ever know, which is like, eh, I don't know, man, this, it's so fucking weird, and I just, I, I did not like this game. There's no payoff yeah. to this, there's no payoff to the story, I didn't at all feel like I gained anything from it, like, even the shock value, I didn't feel like I gained anything from it. It felt um, cheap, where, because it like, just think... felt like shock value to me. Well, it's and it wasn't even good shock value. I think about something like Old Boy, which is really good shock value. Like you go through this whole movie, it's this kind of like pseudo semi heartwarming story about this man trying to protect this girl, and they, you know, like they end up 
you know, I'm not going to spoil all of old boy. I'll stop there. It's, there's a shock value in that story, but it is a good shock value in that the payoff is worth it. Even if it's disgusting, the payoff is worth it. Whereas this just felt like I didn't gain anything from the shock value, the, the big reveal. I was just like, I was perplexed trying to piece all this together. And it wasn't like a piece it together in that I, I felt like it wasn't pieced together in the way that I was like, well, the, the deeper profound meanings I don't quite get. It was like, this feels unnecessarily confusing to try and glean shock from the, the story that the creator was trying to tell. And I don't know. It was just, it was very, very, it was just very off putting. Like there's a point in the story where you find your wife's present and it's a, it's a onesie or it's a shirt of uh baby clothing that has your mother's name on it. And then you end up showing this to the, the cop guy who is a mental manifestation of your father to convince him not to kill you guys and i was just like how does this make sense it doesn't it's like, all it's a fucking reach in every direction yeah yeah the story was obviously the most controversial thing about this game the controver- most controversial aspect and it's the one that's the most <laughs> you know what's funny is i had no um, idea like i was confused by willem dafoe voicing both characters you're saying it's a mental manifestation if anything that makes it worse to me because i'm like the, what was the point of this subplot was daughter having cancer and him wanting the watch for the money that well that the the, the can't the cancer thing was supposed to be uh for my basic understanding is supposed to be also a mental representation of their the relationship and how it's oh my how this, god this rift so is growing dumb. and how this there's this elephant in the room kind That's of thing so dumb um yeah yeah not not my favorite to say the least uh i you know i i'm probably gonna go update my review i've been thinking about it and i wanted to have this discussion before i officially made the comment um i initially had said buy it um the more I've thought about it, I think I'd say like wait. I think I'd still say wait for a sale because I I enjoy personally um, the point click adventure aspects about it. I enjoy the atmosphere and the suspense, even if some of it is a little bit obtuse. The story is just not good at all. I mean, if you play it as just like strictly a puzzle game, you'll have fun with it. If you play it to understand the story. You're going to you, hate this uh, game. And I, obviously, that was that was the big draw for a lot of people. If you do update it, I would advise you, this is something I want I wanna us to be upfront about, is put any changes you would want at the top with an editor's note. This is an update from the edit, because yeah. I, I don't believe in deleting any of this stuff and, and being like, I feel differently now. You preserve what you thought at the time, and then put an editor's note that you've uh, since reflected and feel differently. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, but um, I would not recommend. I think that yeah, the MSRP is twenty five dollars or twenty four ninety nine unless you have Game Pass. If you have Game Pass, just play it on there or don't. Um, see if you're into if you're <laughs> if you're into the point and click adventure of two style. If you're not, don't feel bad about dropping. Clear. It. I'm mean, really disappointed. I was very excited for this game, and it is it it, it kind of let me down on every front. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was really excited for this game, too. It's one that um, has been on my docket all year. Um, the time loop aspect on, on it, I still enjoy that time loop aspect of 
things resetting and having to figure stuff out. I enjoyed that. I know other people don't. Um, I had, I still had fun with it. The story is what it is at this point, but um, yeah, there. I mean, like, I don't think we're gonna be discussing this game probably ever again unless Josh comes back and wants to discuss it more briefly. Um, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's twelve minutes in a nutshell. Woo. So. Uh, oh, one other thing I do want to say. I, I lied. Sorry. Last thing I do want to say is all, there are five voice actors in here. Obviously, the big draw is the three, James McAvoy, Willem Dafoe, and Daisy, Daisy Riddler. Um, Ridley. Ridley, sorry. They all do Riddler. The Riddler. The Riddler, the Riddler fights Batman. I see why you're confused. Yeah. They, they, those three, and then there are two others as well. They all do an exemplary job. Um, I enjoyed all their, their performances. Even if, like, some of the, what they were asked to do, like, sometimes some of the characters become, like, overreactionary at times, and that has nothing to do with the um, performances, but more of, like, the script and the hackneyed story. So, uh, I think the voice acting performances were pretty well done. Like, even the two ancillary characters who had small parts, they did a great job as well, which would be the uh, police officer respondent. The nine one one operator and then uh, the daughter, those those two also. Yeah. Bumblebee uh, and the nine one one operator. Bumblebee, yes. of course, the Transformer. I know a lot of you weren't expecting him to be in this, but he is. He he does a great job. He does great beep boop boop beeps. But no, um, the we're not talking about the was... Bay films. Oh, we can talk. Not to talk about that garbage. <laughs> um, they did a great job. So I did want to mention that as well. So, twelve minutes. There you go. But before we continue with the games, just a few quick reminders. Uh, please, if you head over to swordchomp.com, you can get access to a lot more content from us, more podcasts, merch, um, reviews, and editorial section that Rich has been, Rich and Ray have largely been heading up. I've obviously written a th- few things in there. And the most important thing is the Patreon. Um, it, the Patreon is what keeps us going, what allows us to make content like more reviews, more editorials, more podcasts, and what have you. And um, by just heading over to patreon.com slash swordchomp, you can just go there, see how you can support us. Um, it means the world to us. It really, it really does. Um, I, I, I don't want to inundate you with all, like, all the details and everything. Just head over there if you want to check it out. And um, if you don't already, please subscribe to the show. Share it with your friends. Uh, we're trying to get more and more ears on the show. Uh, that's the best thing you can do for us is just spread the word. So I uh, just wanted to do that quick thing, uh, that quick little plug of ourselves before we move on with more games. Uh, it's it's kind of a great way for us to also come down from the the uh, the uh, difficult discussion of talking about the story of the previous game. That wasn't we're difficult actually for me. Talking about- it was real mm-hmm. easy. It wasn't difficult. <laughs> it's it's a weird story and like just a quick refresher or not refresher but like quick uh mental break i guess because most people probably tune out those those plugs anyways <laughs> they're like yeah. ah there's another plug fuck you it recenters you there you go that's the word i'm looking for thank you we're going to talk about the tales of arise demo really quickly uh rich unfortunately didn't get time to play that this was the beautiful thing about um having covid for two weeks i was kind of scrounging for things to do and i had heard that this demo had dropped um and i was like 
I'm kind of excited for this game, so I'm going to check it out. I like Tales it, games, so t- Tales games are fun. I played Tales of uh, Symphonia and a little bit. I watched my friend play Tales of uh, Vesperia and Vesperia is the watched, goat. And I've watched a little bit of Tales of Berseria, and they look like fun game, very anime style games. But I've never like gotten like delved too heavily into one, um, sure. unfortunately. Vesperia is kind of the one. Like, if anyone was looking for a Tales game, Vesperia is always the one I would recommend. Um, mm. Weirdly enough, I definitely own Berseria, but never made time for it. Maybe one day. I watched the, like, last two hours of the game as one of my friends was streaming it. Looks fun. But um, I'm going to tell you right now, this demo was fucking fun. God, this demo was fun. First off... Uh, the, the environments that you are put in are absolutely beautiful. You're kind of thrust in, in this demo, you're thrust kind of in the middle of things. Your characters are level 23 or 26 starting out. Um, you, there are six main characters and you have one that you can primarily choose to adventure with. Um, I, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. I apologize. She has a big shield. Um, she's the only character who has a big shield. I was like, this is not someone I normally play as. I'm going to rock this character. Shield Knight. Okay. Yes. And basically, you were kind of thrust in the middle of this environment. um, And there are enemies roaming around, these massive enemies. Super colorful, super beautiful. The dialogue was fun. It it reminded me a little bit of Final Fantasy XV in the way that um, you kind of just roam this landscape looking for treasure and solving small enemies or solving small problems in the environment and killing enemies you also can camp in this game and create stews and food and stuff like that to recharge your party so it had it had some similarities to final fantasy 15 in that regard um just roaming around the environments was a lot of fun seeing the various enemies and attacking them uh was a lot of fun the combat was super super exciting and fast-paced i had a lot of fun with it um it's kind of a hack and slash and you can choose certain abilities that your character can do and you can choose when you activate your party's special uh abilities which i thought was really fun kind of similar to final fantasy 7 remake in that regard there's definitely some influence i think from those those other games and then you can activate this ultimate move where your characters kind of combine and do this ultimate move where they all get involved and hit the enemy for a ton of damage. Um, there, there are special circumstances. You can do those moves. It was, it was very fluid combat. I enjoyed it a ton. I fought a bunch of smaller enemies and I fought a few mini bosses in the game. There are a few mini bosses in the demo and I had a ton of fun with them. It was it was great. It was a great experience. The dialogue in the game is super upbeat, very anime. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I shouldn't say very anime. It's it's anime. Oh no, I'm sure it is. Yeah, but it's not ridiculous. It's it's not like eye rolling anime. It's there were Wait, lines in the game. I don't think that's and, a thing. <laughs> there were lines in the demo that were making me chuckle and laugh. There was this banter between some of the characters. And it really endeared me to a lot of the characters and kind of the relationship that they're all building. Um, You solve a few small missions for characters out in this field area, 
and then when you solve all the problems then you go up to the next town and that's where the demo ends it's a very short demo it's about an hour hour and a half two hours long depending on how much exploration and battling you do it's very very fun it basically did the job that it needed to do i'm 100 percent going to be buying the game next month when it drops and i'm going to be playing the game for sure because uh the demo was that that much fun um and i realized that there have been a lot of demos in the past year and i'm really really happy for it that's one of the small joys i can take out of this pandemic and this covid 19 situation is i think a lot of developers have realized the benefit of having a digital demo in modern era and if there was no demo for this game i probably would have not bought this game but now it's a it's a first day buy for me because i had so much fun with the demo that's awesome i'm so i'm so glad demos are making a uh a comeback in that sense for me i was probably going to try to go out of my way to pick this up day one i just like the tales games and uh this looks like such a it is the biggest improvement i've seen on their visuals in some time and that alone got me it interested is a in massive it. overhaul and uh it is what they're doing. massive so I'm, I'm i'm excited for this one i'm glad uh i'm excited to see what discussion sperms out of us both uh playing it when it drops yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you get around to playing the demo by next week, I'd be curious because you've obviously had a lot more experience playing the the Tales games that I'd be curious to kind of hear your thoughts on the demo at least. Because for me, obviously, someone who ha doesn't have a ton of experience with the Tales games, I was pleasantly surprised. I think you would be too. I don't think you'd be as high probably on some of the other stuff. You'd be like, oh, this is pretty typical for the games. They, you know, yeah, they're, they're doing a good job. But for they've me. They've done a lot of the same things for a long time. They they were like in the sense of like Final Fantasy was the, the turn-based RPG. Tales was the action RPG of that ilk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'll be, yeah, like you said, be curious to talk about that more when the game actually drops next month. I believe it's September 10th. I th or something along those lines. Let me check Man, really quick. Man, September is loaded. September is going to be... Well, the rest of the year is going to be pretty loaded, to be honest. It's September 9th, actually, so in two weeks about. Lost Judgment at the end of September. Cannot wait. I don't even know what that is. That is the sequel to Judgment, the Yakuza spinoff, where you're a, oh, okay. a, a Japanese PI slash lawyer. Gotcha. Okay. No idea, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> All right, so... The one of the other games I played a lot of games actually over the past two weeks that I've had that I had COVID, and one of those games was A Plague Tale Innocence. I'd been meaning to play this game for the past few years, ever since Josh first played it on stream back in 2019. Um, I actually remember the part he was playing; it was one of the earlier chapters, and it looked like a lot of fun. It's been a game that's been sitting on my Game Pass um, library for a while now, and I just. I never made time for it, and with great rat them, physics. Yeah, rat physics are amazing. But with them announcing the sequel coming, I said, you know what? This summer, especially when I had COVID, I was like, there's not a better time to play it than right now. And I was blown away with this game. Um, I know the people who have played it sing its praises. This game should have got way more attention than it did. Um, you know, I, I, I beat it over a week and a half ago at this point, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. Time's a little blurry there. I, I'm going to make some references to another game series, not because I'm sliding that game series or anything like that, but just because I think it's 
it's comparable. Uh, I got a lot of feelings of The Last of Us, the first one when I was playing this game, in terms of I think this game was inspired by the way it tells its story. Because it tells it so similar, similarly to the Uncharted series and the the Last of Us series, where half the time it feels like you're you're in this interactive movie experience, and then the other time it feels like you're actively involved in what's happening in in the story and whatnot. It, it doesn't feel like you're taking kind of this backseat role. You're very active in what's happening. Um. I was, yeah, just absolutely blown away, first off, by the story that's being told. Um, I don't know a lot about the history of the Black Plague and kind of the um, the the Christian uh, crusades and whatnot. You know, I've heard stories and I've watched a few other things regarding that. But to have a game set in this, this era and it to be as compelling as it was is really an accomplishment, first and for, foremost. Uh, the, the story's very engaging um from start to finish i was very very curious how hugo's story was going to turn out um i i was yeah i was just blown away with the story all the characters how each character is super interesting um you have this kind of cast of characters you build up over time as you're helping people in the world and they're helping you i was invested in all of those characters very much um I love the the combat of this game. It's not it's not um necessarily combat as you'd normally think. And this is again kind of the It's more like puzzle based combat. Yeah, and it's kind of, it's kind of similar honestly and stealth based as well. It's similar to something like the first Last of Us where you don't necessarily have to kill enemies. You can approach them in multiple ways. You can be very stealthy about it. You can have the rats kill the humans. Uh, like there're d- different ways to approach the combat and there are different benefits and pitfalls f- from each approach. I really appreciated that about the game. And the the cool thing is because of the time era that it it's centered around, I don't feel like I'm playing half at no, no, no I shouldn't say half assed. Uh obtuse gunplay. I wasn't bogged down by that. I was bought I was instead not bogged down, but integrated into this very creative combat style of um using your environment as well as how do i use these two separate enemies uh to kind of circumnavigate this area and you can do some of that in something like the last of us of course i think it's just better done in this game because it's not bogged down by mediocre gunplay um the voice acting was phenomenal i was thoroughly thoroughly impressed with the voice actor who does hugo um just like I, I can't even put it into words how much I cared about this character just because of the voice acting experience. It made that character feel so real and so lifelike. And it's a character who's five years old. But the mastery of the voice acting made me care so much for this character. Um Yeah, I was completely invested in his story and i wanted to see how his story panned out and that's in large credit due to the voice actor and like the voice acting of all the characters was well done um the only one that made me laugh a little bit was the uh the the main bad guy sidekick that one night 
that mm-hmm. uh, does the bad shit at the beginning of the game. He kind of had a a Batman voice going on a little bit, and he was um, almost like the villain from a Monty Python sketch, but in a great yeah, way. Yes, yes, it made me kind of laugh at first, but then I I was accepting of it. Um, all the voice acting is very well. It's just false this. bravado. That was very much who that character was. Yes, yes, exactly. Once I realized that about the character, then I was like, okay, I can accept that. But yeah, that that game is great, and one of the, the most endearing compliments I can give it is that um, it, it's got supernatural elements, obviously, all the way through. I think by the end, it gets to just the right level of stupid. If that's fair to say. Yes, yes. I think I think that is a very good way of putting it without spoiling anything. Um obviously there's a little bit of supernatural elements with the rats and whatnot the way the way it ends that was, boss is something else i i actually really enjoyed that boss. oh no so did i don't get me wrong i love yeah. i thought it was amazing yeah the, well the thing i realized is i get as you get towards the end it get it gets a little bit anime i hate to say that because then it creates this conjures this certain image but it is a little bit fucking anime villainy where he's like i'm going to do this and destroy the world like that like kind of that level of villainy uh and i i enjoyed it because there was enough payoff for it to be honest with you it didn't feel like it came out of nowhere it didn't feel like it went it was just going straight to 60 the whole way this guy it ramps up and then it goes places the the main villain is a dickhead from the beginning but he he builds into that villain villainy so well like there's an evolution of his villain villainy um so i i really enjoyed that last boss a lot and i enjoyed the quote-unquote anime villainy that place that it goes to but i i really enjoyed the story it's very investing um i won't spoil it there's one death in there that absolutely wrecked me more than a death has in video games in a long time i was i was legitimately bummed out that um there's a character in there who died just put down that controller is like bro i'm like straight up not having a good time uh, dude that, that's kind of what happened i was like the it foreshadows it and you know it's coming and it still happens and i was still very very unhappy just because i was so attached to that character so um, that's all I will say. Like that's the that's the level of spoilers we're going to do. I don't I don't want to spoil this game. We're gonna be doing a chomping after dark on it for sure. Um I I think this game Again, I hate to say this because I know some people are gonna take this like in a in a way other than how I intend it. The Last of Us got a lot of praise when it came out, and rightfully so. The first one is an amazing game, and I do love that game very much. I think this game is on par and better in some ways than The Last of Us. And me being the zombie aficionado that I am, you know that's high praise coming from me. Um, I This game blew me away way more than I expected it to. I cannot wait for the sequel. Uh, fun fact, that is the fifth game reviewed uh, that has a written review on this website. One of the first games I reviewed for this website is A Plague Tale Innocence. I didn't know that you reviewed that. I'm actually going to have to go back and read that review now because uh, I, I forgot that you had written a review for it. Um, 
So I, I, I have so many more thoughts on this game. Uh, I, I, I don't want to spoil it because I know a lot of people are still getting around to it. Even people in our Discord are still getting around um, to this game. And we were talking about it in our Discord uh, earlier last week about this game and just how amazing it is. So, yeah, absolutely love that game. Worth your time. It's on Game Pass right now still. Uh, it's not a particularly long game unless you plan to uh, go back and do all the collectibles and stuff like that. I don't really feel compelled to. I love the game. Um, not enough to necessarily mine more content. It is a very narrative-focused game. It's not the kind of thing I, I would feel overly compelled to go search for collectibles in again. Um, it, it It's sort of like, to, to bring us back to a game we talked about earlier, Like I do feel that compulsion with something like Psychonauts, which is a platformer. Which I'm like, sure, I'll go do some weird jumps and poke around these levels a little bit more. Uh, but that that all comes down to the kind of game you're playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, this game, I didn't really feel that. I think it's about a 12-hour game, depending on... That sounds about right. Uh, uh, depending on how much you struggle with certain aspects of the game, which there, there are a few difficult puzzles to figure out, but most of it feels pretty intuitive and easygoing. Um, there are a few slightly difficult parts but it the game does such a good job of building you up to those parts that you never feel like you can't do it it's more of just putting it all together so uh gameplay was amazing that game 100 percent recommend it still is a good looking game um obviously it's 2021 it's a little bit dated in terms of graphics but it's still i still think it looks beautiful um Everybody's going to have a different viewpoint on that. So, A Plague Tale Innocence. Uh, again, because <laughs> I know Josh played it, beat it, talked about it. Then you played it, beat it, talked about it. Now I've done it. So now we are all ready for Requiem, which I'm excited for that game. Yeah! And this time we'll all talk about it at the same time. Right, exactly. <laughs> a Link to the Past is a game that I also played during my COVID times. Um it is a game that I used to play when I was a child. I never beat it. It's a game that I have always wanted to sit down and just play through and beat. And I I had nothing else to do. And I said, you know what? I'm going to just sit down and do it. And I sat down and explored for a little while. had a lot of fun. And then I said, you know what? It's 2021. I'm going to play with a walkthrough in case I get stuck. Make sure I don't miss anything. I still missed a few things. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm I'm perfectly okay with playing with the walkthrough too because um, I also have other games and stuff I wanted to play as well. So time maximizing management. my time while also getting that experience was important for me. And, you know, I put, I put the time in when I was a kid. I don't think you have um, to feel guilty about using a walkthrough for anything. It's all about, like, knowing wh where you could shave off time and be like, I'm still going to have a fun time with this, but... I'm glad to hear you finally did this because Link to the Past is one of my favorite games ever. Um, I've talked about this at nauseum on the podcast before, so I won't again, but I got really into Link to the Past randomizers for a while. Um, 
famously what is that what is a what is oh a have i never one? have i not talked about this before you have i have forgotten and i you know okay. I, wanna, I just so, want you to kind yeah. of re-specify for people who may not know there, like me there's a a big speed running community around a link to the past and eventually uh people got real bored with just speed running a link to the past so people have created hacked roms with a link to the past randomizers that make it so the items in chests are randomized uh, so basically the way this ends up working is you need to know the game to, to beat it. Like you open a chest and go, okay, I got, uh, the hook shot. So that means I can go do this thing. Um, Mm-mm. there are limits with it. There, there are certain things you have to have access to in order to progress. Like there's versions where it's like, okay, you always get the sword first, but after that, you know, X, Y, Z happens. Um, right. there's also way more in-depth ones that I was looking into at one point. Uh, there's a community around, what's called the link to the past super metroid randomizer uh which is a rom that is a link to the past and super metroid both randomized together so you go through a door in a link to the past and it'll lead you into a section of hallway in super metroid that you then have to get through to get into the building inside a link to the past and all the items in super metroid and in a link to the past are completely randomized throughout the the build it's fucking insane that sounds ridiculous and fun for those uh, people who really get into those games check that stuff out on twitch it's a trip to watch one, one of the ways i trained myself on uh making sure i knew a link to the past enough to really get into that stuff which i know that game up and down now um was i bought a, a super famicom copy of it to prove to myself that i could beat it without text there you go good job I'm, I, it's cool i mean like what i want to say about the game because i mean it's it's a pretty old game at this point what I'm gonna say is, oh, is I it? think this game, I'm gonna, I think this game holds up very well, um, for the most part. I love that there's not a a level up system in this game, because I think that's very modern in some ways. That I felt like if I had to grind levels and just kill all these enemies over and over and over and over again, I really would have fallen off of the game. But well, Zelda's the never game been is like more that. centered around exploration. Obviously, that's pretty typical of legend of zelda games where you're not so worried about leveling up you're worried worried more about finding the items you need to pass a puzzle in a certain area that you couldn't solve before and the game very much held up in that regard because you're not leveling your character up you don't have to worry about grinding you just have to worry about exploration and puzzle solving which i very much appreciated um there there are a ton of items in the game which can be overwhelming at first but if you follow a walkthrough like I did, it makes that a lot less overwhelming, which is why a big reason why I did that. There are a ton of items in this game, and um, yeah, walkthrough makes a lot of that make sense and makes it a lot easier because there there are certain things that you can do to make this game a lot easier. Uh, there are certain things that you can miss that make the game a lot more difficult and the combat a lot more difficult as well. Um, uh, yeah, I just I had a ton of fun with this game. I was surprised. I I got frustrated at certain parts. Uh, I think the checkpoint system, in the or not the checkpoint system, uh, the the death recursion checkpoints are terrible in the game, and that's more indicative of the time it was in. Um, I hated you know getting into some of those bigger dungeons, and I'm on basement six, and I accidentally get hit by somebody. Um, I miss paying attention to my health and I'm all the way back at the first floor and I have to just go all the way back down. That shit sucked. 
Um, that definitely happened to me more than once. The nice thing is that all the items that you gathered in the dungeon before you died, you still have them. So you don't have to completely do the dungeon over again. That is the silver lining there. Um, yeah, I just had a ton of fun with the game, man. Uh, I, I enjoyed it front to back. Uh, a few of the bosses were a little bit aggravating and frustrating, but for the most part, the bosses were enjoyable. I had, I just had fun. I, I wanted to keep playing. I think I played it for two days straight and beat it. And I was glad to finally put that game on my list of completed games. It's it's the first Zelda game I've actually beaten completely. Um, I played most of Ocarina, and then I've never finished it. I played a lot of Majora's Mask, never finished it. Um, I played Link's Awakening, never played a lot of it, never beaten it. Played a lot of this game, never beaten it. Um, it was nice to finally finish a Legend of Zelda game, and I'm glad it was this game. That's crazy, man, because I'm having like the opposite problem that I do want to make time to do maybe on stream this year is not counting the CDI games. The only Zelda game I haven't beaten is Zelda 2. Is which one? Zelda 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've beaten Spirit Tracks? Hell yeah, man. That's impressive. I'm what we call a Spirit Tracks apologist. Hey, so there needs to be those people out there. I like that game. It's not great, but I like it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, if I mean, if you have never beaten A Link to the Past and you're hearing this and you're like, well, I have the Switch uh, Super Nintendo network system on my uh, my Switch and I've been eyeing it and I want to play it, but it seems overwhelming, use a walkthrough and just play through it. It's a lot of fun. Um, you can see a lot of inspiration from that game. And from the other Zelda games, too. Uh, there's a series called Ease. Uh, there's an old Ease game I used to play called The Vanished Omens. Uh, it came out for the Sega Master System. It was very heavily inspired and influenced by Zelda 1 and Zelda 2. And I could see, because I played those games a little bit with my father when I was younger. I played Ease a lot when I was younger. And then I just played this game again recently i could see a lot of the the flow of inspiration between those games and other zelda like games so uh it was cool to see a lot of the inspiration for sure you're cool hey thanks hey thanks uh the last game i'm very very briefly going to mention is super mario world it's a game that obviously everybody knows another banger <laughs> it's a great game um i've you know beat it with friends in the past i've never sat down and just beat it front to back on my own. Like I beat it, like I said, beat it with friends that I've lived with or been very good friends with in the cities that I've lived in, but I've never just sat down front to back, beat it on my own. Did you beat it proper and or did you do the world, the shortcut? I, I beat it proper. I went okay. through all the worlds. I was, cur I was curious. I wasn't going to shame you either way. I was just curious. I don't even know how to do the shortcut. To oh, yeah, there's a shortcut from world one to Bowser's castle. I've seen that because I know, like, I've watched speedrunners do it. Yeah. I don't remember it. Um, but, yeah, I, I know that that exists, but I don't know how to do it. I beat it proper, and the, I love the game a lot. I forgot how hard that game can get, to be honest with you, towards the end. Some of those levels get brutal. But that's another thing that I wanted to knock off my list is I was like, you know, I've always wanted to be able to beat this game on my own front to back and I did it. And, um, one of the things I love about the Mario games that I've come to realize is the sheer amount of secrets 
in in the Mario games. Like even playing Sunshine last year, I beat the game technically, but I still had a bunch of the shines to get. And I don't know if I'll ever go back and do that. I maybe will someday, but I love that Mario games just are rife with hidden um those three ones are, are collectathons, man. They are. Yeah. Collectathons and if if that's your kind of thing, then you know, obviously it is my kind of thing. Very much so Super Mario World is a game for you. But um yeah, I just wanted to mention briefly I finally beat that I'm all glad. by myself. Feels good. Beat a lot of games, played a lot of games during my time of being down and out, which was cool. I love uh, both of those games, and I didn't have a Super Nintendo growing up um, when I was very young. I had the Sega Genesis, so I got a Super Nintendo when I was older. And Sorry that happened to you. Yeah, I love the Sega Genesis, but... You have Stockholm play- Syndrome. You don't know what you're saying. <laughs> nah. I think that it's really cool that the Switch allows you to play a lot of these games now retroactively by putting them on its online system. I'm really thankful for that, because... That's part of the reason why I've had the online system is I've been wanting to go back and play those games for a while. So glad that I've been able to do it. But um, now it's time that's for Donkey it. Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest. Actually, I need to. Those are the games that I need to play and beat just, by just, myself. Just next. play two, man. That's the one. One's really good, too, man. One's fine. Two is a, a fucking slap. I did play some too when I was younger. I I do I don't remember it very much. Like that that is it. the one. If anyone could ask me, be like, if there's one Donkey Kong Country game you should play. It's it's Diddy's Conquest. Okay, okay. Well, I do want to sit down someday and play through all three of those. I don't know when I'll get another opportunity like I just had, but we'll see. We'll see. But we're gonna go on break. We're gonna take our final break. We're gonna come back with our Patreon shoutouts and our social media polls. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. X-ray, X-ray, read all about it. New magic store. Dot You there, boy? What news? News, sir. New graphic designs over at store. Dot New graphic designs at store. Dot That's right, sir. My God. You can get all the designs you want on t-shirts, masks, hoodies, even phone cases. They've done it. Those sword chomp boys have brought Christmas early. Oi, sir! This surely will be the best Christmas yet if you navigate over to store.swordchomp.com right now. God bless you, son. God bless us, everyone! back from our second and final break thank you so much for being patient we missed you um we were away for so long on that break so so long but we are going to do some patreon shout outs really quickly uh these are important because we want to say a special thank you to the people who keep us going who keep the lights on who devote their time and their money and their energy to supporting this show 
Um, not only do they do it with their money, but they are active in our Discord, and we are constantly talking with each other about all sorts of things. Um, it's a really good time in there. If you're interested in that kind of community, get involved in that community, talking with people who talk about games, finance, movies, all sorts of things. Head over to Patreon, check that out. Um, it's $1, and you get to be involved in a community of very, very caring individuals who want to talk with you. But anyways, without further ado, I want to give the special Patreon shoutouts for this month of August. We owe a very big special thank you to Mr. Ivan, who was on the show a few months ago, the LGBTQ representation topic. Um, he is our highest supporter. Thank you so much, Ivan. Uh want to say a special thank you to Bernadette and Jonathan. Bernadette designed some merch for us on the shop, and um, both of them are at the second highest tier. Thank both of you so much for your love and support for, for us. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say special thank yous to Beefy Gamers, Eric S., Josh M., Justin R., J-Hole Bro, Paul B., Cy, Nizalbi, and Tawny. Um, all of them support us as well. Um, a lot of those people I just named are extremely active in the Discord and talking with people, welcoming new people, having fun conversations. Uh, great community of people and uh some of our best supporters thank you guys so much and also special thank you to amber m and fletch as well Ooh. uh they are amazing individuals who also support us um a lot of those people are also personal friends of ours and uh, just amazing individuals who keep the lights on here we would not be able to make as much content as we do without honestly the financial support and just the support in general from these people so um absolutely we are eternally eternally grateful thank you so much that was, was really creepy um, i was waiting for you to say something <laughs> I, it wasn't at first i thought that's what might be happening um i don't know you have such a way with words i just let you i just let you roll with it thanks man thank you i mean all of it though i really do um, of course Fucking, of course, I fucking love our patrons. There's no so disingenuousness much. here. I really do. I love you. But um, no, thank you to each and every one of our patrons. Yeah, seriously. And uh, gonna yeah. keep more more shit coming your way, just because, uh, like like Shay said, it, the amount of we put more and more of ourselves into this because because of the support, it just makes it that much easier for us to get up in the morning and keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, social media polls every Tuesday at the Sorchomp Instagram. You can vote on these polls. I don't know why I'm doing it in like a time like to I'm imagining get some this sleep out in the there. background. Making some statement about Love Shack Baby. Instagram. That's my B52's <laughs> voice. Or that. Um, every Tuesday you can vote at the Sorchomp Instagram on these polls. Um, your votes do matter as we discuss the results on this here podcast. And I forgot to mention earlier, every Thursday on the Sword Chomp Instagram, you can comment on the topic of the week so we can read your comments on the show. We love getting people involved. Uh, it's super important to us. It's a part of uh, the show for a good reason. Uh, I mean, I feel like we are the average gamers podcast. You know, we don't have 
greater ties to the industry we we didn't grow up like writing massive reviews for these ultra popular sites and uh publications speak other for than yourself. <laughs> briefly writing for destructoid which was amazing um we we're just the average gamers podcast and so we always want your voice to be a part of that because you two fall generally fall into that category so it's very important for us to get you guys involved um the first thing i posted about was it wasn't a poll but it was a funny picture that i found on online and i i i thought about this but i didn't verbalize it is the new pokemon legends arceus cover looks very very similar to the zelda breath of the wild cover and um so much there's so much correlation there that there's even a shot that looks almost identical to some of the promo material from breath of the wild you have to go watch some videos on that but um that was just like the opening picture was referencing that the first poll that we did this week is legend of zelda a link to the past is the best zelda game 45 percent of you said that's true and 55 percent of you said no that's false no that's true it's certainly the best top-down Zelda game. What, what what would you say is the best Zelda game? If you had to pick one, gun to your head. Link to the Past. It's a damn good one. I, I mean, I could see the case being made for that or uh, Ocarina of Time. Um, Majora's Mask also really holds a special place for me. Um, and even Breath of the Wild is quite the contender. Um, but, uh, like, no doubt in my mind, especially if you're talking just top-down, like, 2D Zelda, Link to the Past all the way. Uh, yeah. Link's, Link's Awakening is a close second. Link's Awakening is a great game. Uh, minus the increase in performance, I personally, Shay, only me, believe that this generation of consoles has largely been disappointing. Would you agree or disagree? Uh, 58% of people said I'm happy, and 42% of people said it's been pretty underwhelming. Um, I just, I feel like there hasn't been enough to justify buying a brand new console yet like in terms of brand new games coming out um the optimization is cool in terms of the 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 leap in performance but just there's not enough games out there to justify me or other people dealing with the stress of trying to get a hold of a console all all i'll say is the hardware optimization is fantastic and as far as like is it underwhelming it's way too early to say um like we're still in the launch window and people are still having a hard time getting a hold of of the consoles um and this is also a tenuous launch because it happened in the middle of a global pandemic yeah i mean it does still feel like it is a little bit too early but also um i do feel like that it has been a little bit underwhelming also at this point. all of the stuff that has been proper next gen exclusive stuff has blown me away uh ratchet and clank demon souls uh even final fantasy 7 remake yeah all yeah all of, all of that stuff has been phenomenal even things like astrobot were fucking remarkable um yeah yeah and i maybe it's i'm being gonna a be little... a slow start because of again the global pandemic has really changed game development changed over the course of the past two years no for sure for sure i i just feel like in terms of how hard it's been to get one and just everything it's underwhelming 
I think. I think the Nintendo Switch had a much stronger but I was gonna launch, say, and then it how would you know if it's underwhelming? You don't even have one. I said, Rich. <laughs> I I couldn't even get the date right. God damn it! Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I just feel like that. I'm talking about the whole experience, not just having one, but getting one. The amount of games, all of that stuff. I just outside looking in, it does look a little bit underwhelming. Fair but, enough. Um, I just think that also has a lot to do with us being older. Like it's not like um, you know, a fucking adult man who's like I, I managed to get my hands on one of these things and granted I'm probably a lot more active on it than a lot of people would be because a lot of the work I do is in games, but I'm enjoying myself and it's a fine piece of hardware. That's good. That's good. I was just being a hater this week because uh, this next poll that we did. My body's trying I, to kill me. Oh, I'm sad. <laughs> the, the next poll I did was um, Super Mario World 2. Yoshi's Island is colorful okay. and blank. The choices were fun or not enjoyable. 70% of people said fun. And the other 30% of people said not fun. And I'm in the 30%. I did not like this game at all. I fucking adore that game. And let me give you the caveat that I think is fair, and I've talked to plenty of people who agree with me on this. If you... That game should not be called Super Mario World 2. If you pick it up thinking it is a sequel to Super Mario World 2, and that's what you're excited for, you are going to be disappointed. If you pick it up as, this is Yoshi's Island, this is a standalone Mario spinoff game, it is a fun, really polished game. Yeah, I I mean, like, I realize that after beating the first level, but, man, I just was not enjoying, like, the mechanics of the game, like, Yoshi doing the little running jump thing to try and get a little bit higher. I didn't enjoy that mechanic. I I love the, the colorful nature of the world. I do. I just did not enjoy it the is, game. I, it's not a proper Mario. Maybe I wasn't in Mario. the right frame of mind to play it. I'll give it another try, but... I think that's a lot of people's problem with it because it is not a proper Mario game and it should not be labeled as such. Um, no, it but shouldn't. it is a really good game on its own merits. I'll give it another try someday. Uh, but my first try with it, I did not enjoy it at all. And I tried to give it a few hours, was not enjoying my time. And I, I was like, I'm done with this shit. So I was a hater this week. I did enjoy it, by the way, for a little behind the curtain for everybody. But Shay immediately asked this question in our one of our WhatsApp chats, and immediately the responses he got were me going, "That game's amazing," and Ray going, "That game's a pile of shit," and us being like, "Now you've seen the full breadth of responses you can have to that question." Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. But I'm glad that people enjoyed it. I didn't. I never really played it when I was a kid and or a teenager. That was my first experience with it, and I have no nostalgia tied to it, so I was not a fan of it. I like I like that game quite a bit. That's good. So I said, do you find stories of celebrities who play video games endearing? And this was in response to a recent article that um, had been circulating on multiple news fronts. Uh, basically, the article stemmed from James McAvoy loved the Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion so much that he had to set his game disc on fire after pulling an all-nighter on a work night. And I was curious if people find those kind of stories endearing and whatnot. You know, you have, um, for example, another one would be like Tim Duncan, 
the one of the greatest power forwards in the NBA, used to play um, video games all the time on his PC. He used to play WoW. And he got some of his other players in on playing WoW as well. Or, you know, for example, Vin Diesel, who used to be really big into uh, D&D. Do people find these kind of stories endearing when they're talked about, you know, um, or Henry Cavill? The Henry Cavill uh, one I, I love, yeah. He, yeah. he almost missed the Superman call because it was Raid Night and WoW. Yeah. Um, 55% of people said I love them. 45% of people said not so much, so... I think it's it's totally case by case because like it depends on where it's coming from. You can sometimes see shit like that where it feels like pandery bullshit. But then when I think like to that Henry Cavill story, like it just kind of came up in an interview and it was just him being genuine about his hobbies. And I do think that's endearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you have the stuff where last year some of the politicians were getting on Twitch and like trying to do shit and. Most of that seemed like pandering. Yeah. But, yeah, some of it is just endearing in that they're asked about it. They're not, like, volunteering that information. Like, I don't think James McAvoy was like, oh, let me tell you about the story there's, one time. Th- there's there's one, actually, this is a very recent Henry Cavill interview that um I really enjoyed. I don't remember what the context of the interview was, but whatever set they were on, he kept, like, looking at the ceiling, and the interviewer was clearly noticing it. Um and he's like, hold on, I'm sorry, I gotta stop you for a second, man. He's like, do you know anything about Warhammer? And the guy interviewing Henry Cavill's like, what? And he's like, I can't stop staring at that lamp because it looks like a ship from Warhammer. <laughs> that's so cool. That's cool. Yeah, see, like, that stuff, it, it is endearing. I do find that kind of stuff endearing. I don't know why. Because it's just, it's, you know, like, I think it's endearing whenever you hear anybody talk about something they genuinely enjoy or are passionate about. And That's in certain it. cases, you can really see it bleeding through. Like, you know, an interviewer brings something like that up and they're genuinely excited to talk with someone about it. Yeah, that's I think that's a good point. Fair enough. Two more polls that we had to do. I said the new Spider-Man trailer was awesome. That reveal at the end made me smile. Are you hyped for this movie? 84% of people. The hype is real. 16% of people. Eh. Not really. I can't fucking wait. Dude, that Doc Ock reveal? I mean, we knew he was going to be in it, but, like, that was the perfect shot to use. Um, I mean, there were rumors of it. Oh, no, it was confirmed. Oh, it was confirmed. Yeah. And he even already said in interviews, oh, yeah, I'm playing the same Doc Ock. Um, Yeah, but, like, that shot and... God, it it seems super weird that they're adapting parts of a Spider-Man comic that people absolutely hate, but I can't wait to see what they do with it. Yeah, I I am I don't know too much about the comics, but I know that they're I know I was reading a little bit about just what the implications are for it and I know a lot mm-hmm. of people are excited for it. They're they're getting real with the multiversal stuff and like one of the the bigger things I'm excited to see them try and redeem that story. There's a now very famous Spider-Man story called One More Day in which Peter Parker makes a deal to make the world forget that he is Spider-Man and kind of hit the reset button. Um, hmm. And for a number of reasons, based around the fallout of what happens because of that, people fucking hate that book. Um, but they are clearly taking some inspiration from that, so I'm interested to see where they go with it. Interesting. Yeah, I. it's exciting stuff. That's for sure. Um, I'm glad that he's returning... 
it's possible that the other actors and actresses from I, the other films are returning as well. Well, we we know him and Jamie Foxx are a sure thing. They've already confirmed yep. it. Um, the one that has me most interested because there was rumors and murmurings, but never any talk. When we saw it was very clearly a Sam Raimi era pumpkin bomb, and you hear that Willem Dafoe laugh. Yep. Uh, the the theory floating around now, which I think I am on board with, is the case is the main reason they didn't show him in the trailer is because they have fully like they're doing with Jamie Foxx's Electro. Apparently, based on what Jamie Foxx has said in interviews, they are fully redesigning uh, Defoe's look as Green Goblin. Hmm. I I'm so excited for this movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I I've I've read a little bit about that too. And I know there are rumors right now that possibly Tobey Maguire and um, Andrew Garfield might Andrew also Garfield make appearances. Will reprise their roles. Is that, is that something that you personally want to happen? Uh, it would be cool. Um, I don't. If they do, I don't see it being big. I see it being probably like a near the end of the movie, like the three Spider-Men from different multiverses like band together to stop the Sinister Six. Um, and it would be a cool little cameo thing uh, for them to really kick off what is going to be the first multiverse story of this leg of the MCU. It, there's mm. so much potential here. This this could be really fucking cool. Alfred Molina was a, a powerhouse as Otto Octavius the first time. I, I can't wait to see him do it again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, I think it'd be really cool to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield reprise their roles. I mean, I've... I haven't seen either of those guys do a lot since their roles yeah. as the Spider-Mans. More, more interested in, in Toby mostly because I'd like to see how he would shape and bring to a, like, what is a Spider-Man that canonically would have been doing this for almost 30 years at this point? What is that, that version of Peter Parker like? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. And I would love to see... Some of the other characters maybe make brief cameos and stuff like that. I'd love to see um, Topher Grace. <laughs> I would absolutely appearance. hate that. Uh, that is I the know. worst version of Venom, and we should all forget that ever happened. I know, I know. To Sam Raimi's credit as a director, uh, I love listening to him talk about Spider-Man 3 because he calls it a sack of shit um, and talks about how they forced him to put venom in the film even though he told people millions of times and they're treating the script he's like i don't understand this character i've tried to i don't get it if you make me do this this movie's gonna be bad at least he's completely aware you know yeah i mean yeah i'm very excited for that movie the last poll i did was where is your excitement level for the new cowboy bebop live action i put movie i meant tv show that's my bad was terrified um, an option again, uh, Hmm? was terrified an option dropping in november well it was one of the sliders it was the the old scientific slider that we have and it was it was about it looks like a 55 to 60 percent of people are excited for that sure um and understandably so i think people are understandably worried i mean you look at all the anime live action adaptations there have not been very many good examples to pull from i'll tell you guys right now on air uh, i haven't mentioned this to any of the guys at this point but i fully am going into watching that with a notepad with a plan to do a chomping after dark for all right yeah Uh, i mean i intend to write that uh, whether it's good or bad (laughs) it's gonna be interesting to see at the very at the very least it could Um, really go either way i like the casting of john cho 
Uh, yeah. At first, I was confused by it, but I, it's grown on me a lot. I like John Cho a lot. Um, I know a lot of people are more concerned about the other casting of the other characters. Also, there doesn't appear to, and I don't know if this is indicative of that character not being in the show. There's no sign of Ed, um, which was uh, I don't. I, I just like Ed as a character a lot. Yep. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of where they go with it. Um, you know, just looking at how people voted, because I can see exactly where they slid. It seems like people are all over the place. There's a lot of people, like, all the way on one end of the spectrum. There's a lot of people who are not excited at all. And then there's less people that are kind of, like, in the middle. Like, it seems like just from our audience that most people are really excited or they're really not excited i am what i would call uh, tepid like I, i'm excited to like i want to i hope this is good yeah yeah i want it to be good i i think is the excuse me the best way i can put that i really want it to be good and i i hope that it is because um cowboy bebop is amazing yeah absolutely we, we need that and we need a good um, anime to live action adaptation. Uh, so. I mean, there has been stuff that has been not fucking terrible. I've heard decent enough things about uh, that that Full Metal Alchemist adaptation. I want to say. Um, also, people actually, I haven't watched it myself, so like any of this stuff, so I can't attest to it. I've heard that uh, Roroni Kenshin adaptation is actually quite good, and that's also on Netflix. Yeah. I haven't heard about that one, but um, I've I've heard a, a few of them are decent. But yeah, I I want one to just be fucking amazing and blow us away. The costuming departments on the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure live action adaptations blow it out of the depart blow it out of the fucking park. I can tell you that much. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Fingers crossed on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, that wraps up the polls. Um, I, I made a funny joke about checking out our reviews on the site. Josh had made a funny joke about how I should uh, write a review for co getting COVID-19 on our site. I was going to do Two it. Two out of ten. Fucking zero out of ten, man. Uh, I was going to do it, and then I decided that uh, I don't want to put all that time and energy into a joke that five people will read. Well, it doesn't, but I will tell you this. It doesn't wrote, take that uh, long. You just got to go for it, man. I believe in you. <laughs> Maybe I will someday. You're talking to the but, man who wrote a review for the uh, Amazon Alexa version of Skyrim. That's true. You did. Um, I I will say this, though. I said it at the beginning of the show, and I'll say it again. Um, I, I made a funny story about it. Don't get COVID. It's not fun. And I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. I know I've talked about it. I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing me say that I had COVID this past few weeks, but... It really fucked me up, and um, I just want people to not suffer what I suffered through. So um, I'll leave it on that and say that this was actually a really fun show. It's fun to be back. Uh, missed last week, and um, I felt sad about that in some ways, but I also needed the rest. You know, so. you're going to go almost a month without doing a show with Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be weird. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see Josh's new office, though. For sure. Yeah, it'd be cool to hear his new podcasting layer, and um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see over the next few months, um, gaming and just how the rest of the year is gonna kind of pan out and whatnot because there are a ton of games that are gonna be dropping. 
sure am. There, someone was mentioning. To I just me, realized like, No More Heroes three came out today. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I got to go to the store after work tomorrow. Yes, you do. Uh, I had some friends mentioning online that hey, I really gotta, I gotta get a new Xbox because the new Halo is going to be dropping soon, and I'm like, "Won't hold your breath for that." <laughs> no, one. it isn't, you idiots. When, like, I want it to drop because I I want to play a new Halo game and see if it's good. So just play Split Game, recapture the magic, but not holding my breath. That's the spirit. <laughs> Yeah, I, like I said, I'm the hater this week. Unfortunately, nah, man, I'm, it's fine. We don't need a new Halo. I'm reinstalling Splitgate. Yeah. Um, did you see that they're adding a bunch of new Pokemon into Pokemon Unite? I've kind yeah, of weaned yeah. my addiction from that game, but Blastoise is coming in. They'll keep up the support. I'll check back in every now and again. Yeah, for sure. I, I was I was playing it a lot when I was down and out as well. Um. And then I realized the like the whole thing of diminishing returns kind of thing, and I was like, I need to put this game down. I actually played a little bit of Apex Legends with my little brothers, both of them, the other day. I hadn't played that game extensively, I think, since Season 5. There has been a huge amount of change in that game. A ton. There's nuance, I'll tell you. I I almost got pulled back into Apex Legends, but I was like, nope, don't do it. Don't you fucking do it. Like, Look, man, too much other stuff I woke do. up one morning, and everybody's talking about Splitgate, a game I was really into almost two years ago. We should all just play Splitgate. Yeah, a bunch of people have been talking about Splitgate recently, I've noticed. so Yeah, I was playing that a lot in, early, like I said, almost two years ago in early access, and it was pretty good then. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm curious about that game just because I've heard so many people talking about it. The one game I'm curious about that I haven't heard a lot of people talking about recently is uh, Temtem. I would like I played that a bunch at a launch. I should probably check back up on it. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm curious to see because I was really um, I was really what... enjoying it. Um, and you can play that entirely in co-op if you so wish, which is a cool concept for a Pokemon game. Yeah, I, I'm excited for when it comes to console. That's what I'm waiting for. It, mainly. it it is on PS5. That is the only place it is on console right now. Yeah, unfortunately, I want it. I want it to release for the other consoles. But waiting for that. Waiting for that. It'll come. Um, the other thing that I'm a little bummed about. This is more personal. Is uh, there's a I've talked about it off and on in the show recently and in the past uh, a small saga which is this game being developed by a guy named jeremy um it's a game i backed on kickstarter which is this like small mouse rpg i'm very excited for it very old school looking it was supposed to be dropping next month it's being delayed as of right now just because he wants to put some finishing touches which i appreciate i like i'm not mad about it at all um of course, you always want the best product that you're putting out and to receive. So I'm okay with waiting, but I was I was getting really hyped because, like, uh, I think it was earlier this week, I received an email. Like, he does the um, the updates on the game. I was reading, and I was like, oh, yeah, this game's dropping next month, and... Oh, no, it's being delayed. God damn it. This year has been a huge year for delays, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, that's also the nature of Kickstarter, which I, uh, you know, uh, games are coming along. I have a bunch of stuff that that will be uh, coming around real soon. Yeah, man. We have a fun year to look forward to. I mean, like the the rest of the year. Um, 
as we play stuff and figure in, out what it, we're going to play. In the world of Pokemon likes, I have Monster Crown uh, finally leaving Kickstarter soon. Um, That's right. Uh, which I'm very excited for. And I also have uh, Knuckle Sandwich on Kickstarter, which should be leaving soon. Ayudin Chronicles and Sea of Stars are probably both a ways off still. Yeah, Sea of Stars is definitely a way off. Yeah, yeah. Ways off. As is Ayudin Chronicles. I only backed this year, and it's another massive RPG. Yeah, not coming until next year. The first one isn't. But that's going to be a fun-ass game. So, But that's going to wrap it up. I just wanted us to do like a few minutes of random game talk and shit like that, stuff we're looking forward to. Um, we're coming out of our five-year anniversary month, if you want to call it that or whatever, and we have a lot to look forward to. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Rich, for being here. Um, I was your host for this week. We're going to be back next week with another amazing and fun and probably more lighthearted topic on the next episode of the chomp cast. Um, if you so choose, please be safe out there. Uh, Use condoms, please wear yep. your mask. Just, I say that simply because I am concerned for each and every one of you, uh, keeping your health up, keeping yourself safe and keeping those around you safe, whether or not they deserve it. Um, nobody wants to go through what I've went through the past few weeks. Uh, Please drink lots of water. Keep yourself hydrated. Keep yourself well. Uh, do some stretching. Do some mental health and awareness checking. Keep yourself well. If you're not there, reach out to somebody professional or reach out to somebody who you trust to get some help there. Make sure you're just doing a mental inventory, keeping your health up both mentally and physically. And uh, we love you so much. Thank you for supporting the show, each and every one of you, um, making these past five years amazing. We will see you next week. Take care. See you, Space Cowboy.